0: I got a story for you if you're an aspiring performer you may want to quit your day job after hearing what it did for this rock star not brave or bold enough to kind of like me then you can just live through her experiences and feel like a rock star right down to the parenting pregnancy soul-searching depths and mean girl challenges this center-stage lifestyle can bring but first a word from today's sponsor we did it the getting to know you pod is feeling oh so fucking official Andrepsyche.com, that is a n d r e y p s y c e.com our first legit sponsor i mean here at the pod we are certainly beggars but we are at the same time choosers, and we choose to partner up with AndrePsyche.com because he is one of the most loving, creative, and versatile individuals that we know. Sure, his episode, number 19 if you want to listen, is the top five banger of all time, but there's a reason for that. Andre Psyche is an open book. He doesn't mind being vulnerable or helping others to feel comfortable by sharing his experiences go to the andrepsyche.com website and get some great insights into love, relationships, and universal truths through his two published books that are also available as ebooks for a quick and easy download. We here at the pod preferred his foray into poetry with his second release, The Space Between the Crescent Shadows. But that's just us, we're sensitive and shit. Maybe you'd enjoy getting deeper into the psychedelic thoughts of his art process. Well, there's a book for you too. It's his initial release, The Expedition of the Psyche. This celibate's creativity doesn't stop at lining letters on blank pages. No. Clothes, paintings, accessories, art prints, podcasts, and music. Bradley Cooper has even admitted, this motherfucker is limitless. And my boy Brad, he's right. AndrePsyche.com has every original gift you are looking to impress your mate with. We here at the pod would suggest you asking him to create a loving ballad for the one you're trying to win over. Imagine sending an original song with intimate details completely customized to the one you're trying to make your one. Irresistible. Andre Psyche is amazing at creating any medium to help you convey love and admiration to anyone in your life. Go to AndrePsyche.com and get the gift you can't get anywhere else because no one else can create it. Andre is that unique. And if you message him on social media, you can get a personal promotional code, which is how I was able to get my copy of his poetry book. Shit made me think, y'all. Sounds deep and thoughtful, right? Yeah. And you can get that kind of unique, individual, stylistic, quality merch by going to andrepsyche.com. Can you tell we were wicked fucking excited to get a sponsor? Shout out, Andre. We're also brought to you by the Getting to Know You Pod. You can support the pod by friending, following, subscribing, reviewing, liking, forwarding, basically just interacting with it on any platform and in any manner. Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, iHeart, oh! We also now have a Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And just search for Getting to Know You Pod, that's all one word, if you'd like to make a donation. Now that's a lot of me rambling. Let's get to the good stuff. And now. Getting to know you.
1: Hello. Getting
2: to know you. Getting to know all about you.
1: I'm going to do a terrific show today.
2: Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me.
1: Because I'm good enough.
0: Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but
1: nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it.
0: On today's show, we are getting to know the very trusting Laura. Laura, thank you for taking time from being a homeschool mom to uh, join the podcast, man. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, thanks. Thanks. I'm I'm honored to do it. Thanks for asking me.
0: Honored. You're the first person to say they're honored. Now I feel like wicked important.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you feel wicked important. You want to interview me. so <laughs>
0: Right? So... Quick little backstory, shout out to the Hummingbird, Julie Hickman, had um, said, you know, you should really interview this lady, get Laura on your podcast because you are a world famous, platinum, multi-international world tour traveling artist, right? Or am I wrong about any of that?
1: No, 100% true. <laughs>
0: and she was like, she'd be interested. Um, and she was actually kind of interested to get to know you on a little more like almost personal, non Musician like drunken bar conversation level,
1: right? Right. <laughs> that, that's pretty much all of my relationships as uh, I form them on set breaks and bars.
0: Dude, that has to be kind of weird, though, right? How how big is your region that you go and get gigs at?
1: Um, well, I travel east up and down the East Coast. Uh, the farthest north that I've been is probably Vermont, and the farthest west is Key West, which I don't think you can go farther I mean west the farther, farthest farthest <laughs> south I've been is e west which I don't think you can go farther south than that in the United States anyway.
0: Yeah. So right? God, that's a long ass region. And do you have like regular like you come to the you come to Dewey Beach pretty often, right?
1: I do. Um so this will be my 20th summer um uh, performing in Dewey Beach on a regular basis. So
2: Holy shit. um
1: yeah and I, I I'm there a lot, so at least weekly at least weekly starting in may normally i we're getting a later start this year that's of uh, obvious um circumstances but um obviously because due to the circumstances we're starting later this year, but yeah, I'm there at least weekly um from May until September, and then uh throughout the year I do stuff through you know once or twice a month, so i'm I'm doing quite a bit.
0: Gotcha. And do you have like a group you're actually hanging with there or is it just party like bar crowd type relationships where you're just seeing them while you're performing?
1: Yeah. So I have formed a lot of friendships over the years, like actual meaningful friendships. Um, and, uh, but I don't get to spend a whole lot of time with them other at my, other than at my shows because I live to a good two hours from doing. So sometimes some of them, um, live up in Wilmington or maybe the Philadelphia area and I'll get together with them every so often. But for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty much doing most of my socializing at work. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> that has to, is now this might be like a stupid ass question, but do you almost feel like, and maybe it's natural. Cause you just seem to like have that vibe, but is it like a performance friendship when you're having to do it at work? Like, like you can't just be pissy, right. Or have like a bad day. Cause you're a performer. Or am I just again thinking about that in a weird way?
1: No, that's a that's a really good question. So no, I've had to play when you know the day that I had to put my dog down. I've had to play oh. throughout my pregnancy. I didn't feel great the whole time. So while I am on stage, like for sure, I'm um I wouldn't want to say I don't want to say acting because the, I'm not acting. I'm not that good of an actress, <laughs> but I. <laughs> genuinely do have fun. like I genuinely do like what I do, so like while I am on stage, I am genuinely happy, even if I'm in pain or uncomfortable or sad, like while I'm performing, I am actually happy in my element, um but when I do step off the stage onto a set break, sometimes I do want to go hide in the back and just not really talk to anyone um but if I do that, then I come back for the next set and I'm all miserable, and it takes me half a step to get happy again. oh, that's so a I, good point daddy, I, I don't want to say stay in character. Cause that's the wrong yeah, way and- to i more stay in the moment. Like
0: that's a great way to hey, put it.
1: Yeah. Like this is what I do. I'm at work. It's my job to make these people happy. They don't care about the day you had. They want to forget the day they had. And then, you know, while I'm at home, I can be as miserable as I want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean like, so that's like part of the whole, like when you have a friend, right. Is like, you can kind of just like vent or bitch or be negative about something and you don't have to always be like life of the party. But if you're a fucking entertainer, you kind of have to be the life of the party. Right.
1: Yeah. And people don't, they just don't want to like, so it's almost like you're showing your cards. Like say I'm say I'm on stage and I had a really bad day. Say like, you know, uh, my sister was diagnosed with breast cancer and I had to play like the day after I found out it was,
2: Oh man. It,
1: and not to heavy, but like, that's just a, a good example of, um, I went and I was smiling and happy and the whole time I'm I'm going, you know, this is this sucks. Like I don't want to be happy. Like this is stupid. What I do is stupid. What I do is meaningless. Like right. there are things going on in the world. And like I I'm a musician, but really I'm just selling booze because you know, I was really got in my head about it. And um then I third, fourth song in, I kind of forgot myself and just was performing and then I'm happy and I'm like, I get off stage and I'm all smiley, and then I remembered. Mm. I, I got to just not think about it because I'm going to have a terrible show and I, I don't want to be miserable. The last thing I want to do is somebody who traveled, like it's their vacation week and they traveled just this week and they wanted to come see me. Like they didn't just stumble into that bar. Like they came to see me. They came to see my band. And mm. the last thing I ever want to do is ruin that for them. Be like, yeah, man, you had a really bad day. I found out my sister's cancer. Like they do not, they don't want to hear that. That's not, You know, like that's not, but it's not, it's also about me not going there because I, I want to, I want to be good at what I'm doing. I want to make people happy, you know?
0: Right. Dude, that, yeah, Jesus. I, so so much of that I had not thought about. And that's part of what I love doing about this, man. It just, I think about. I, I never thought about you Hear Jesus, and if I could talk, because <laughs> I got like 20 thoughts going in my head. It's so interesting that like you hear about people, especially athletes feeling like this understanding of the importance of people came to see me, therefore I have to be on. It's like a responsibility that they feel towards the people. And I had not really thought about that from a band perspective or or like a musician's perspective, but man, that that's kind of fucking heavy.
1: And even if they didn't come to see me, even if they did, like I said before, just stumble into the bar and I'm the entertainment there, like, even if they don't, they never heard me or never heard of me, like, they don't. I'm not trying to say that people are callous because people do care about other people. I do know that, but that's not what they're there for. They're not like, oh, I had a long day at work. Oh, I found out my sister has cancer. I need to go have a drink. I really wonder uh, about the life and times of the performer on stage. Like they don't think that they, right. they just want to party, have a good time. They want to sing and dance and they want to sing along and forget all that stuff that's going on in our real lives. Like, so for me to bring that up to them um, it's kind of like unfair. Like that's not what they're there for. You know, by the way, my sister is a survivor. She's totally fine. She's had clear PET scans and she's cancer free almost two years now. So thank God. Dude. Yeah. Thank God. I didn't want to leave that open-ended like that. Like I didn't want you to not ask like,
0: so how did, how did that work out? <laughs> you I, know? So that, I think that's part of that initial, like, um, I call it, I almost want to call it like a tongue bump, like almost like a speed bump where I fucking get tongue tied because I'm trying to like, d- do you ask, do you, do you follow that up? You know, like, and that was part of it. And that, Jesus, let me just stop. But thank you for doing that because I do feel better. You're making me feel comfortable. Look at you just helping okay, me I'll to let- feel better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm glad.
0: Man. So I Yeah, I I'm almost now thinking, do you have so in each little town you go to, do you have like little groupies? Um Is that a thing? Is there like a fan club?
1: We didn't call them groupies because I'm like we're I mean, let's face it, I'm a singer in a cover band. I'm not, you know, I'm a forty, four year old slightly overweight mom. I'm not really <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of, but I, I would say that I definitely do have, um, my regulars. I definitely do have the familiar faces that I know, like if I'm going to be in this place, I know I'll see this one or I know I'll see that one. And if I don't see them, I'm kind of like, ah, I wonder where that one was, you know? And, um, yeah, so I definitely do have, um, the places where I go, where I, I know I'm going to see, even if it's different pockets, different pockets of people. Like I know this group will be there and I know that group will be there. Um, but for sure, I look forward to seeing them because sometimes, like I said, that's the only time I get to really socialize with them because my personal life is just, uh, I have a completely different lifestyle than anyone who comes out to see me for the most part. Like I'm up at night, they're up in the daytime. I I'm off during the day. They're working during the day. You know, oh. it was tough to get together with people. because, like, Oh, let's, we should go out for a drink. I'm like, sure. Can you do it at like eight 30 AM on a Tuesday? <laughs> Cause that's when I have time. For
0: that. <laughs> you know bloody mary's bloody mary mimosa drinker <laughs>
2: <don't>
0: right. Get... <laughs> Man, that, yeah right that's a good point too does it because you are so passionate about the music but having to perform does it I, I, like how are you balancing the joy of it versus like the grind of business
1: well you're catching me in a at a really opportune time for that kind of question because i haven't worked haven't been on any kind of actual stage in over two months now yeah
2: right so
1: where i answered this question differently two months ago or even three months ago um i will i i can't i can't say that i've never taken my job for granted because i certainly have and i can't say that i've never been like oh god if i just didn't have to go to the show tonight i really wish i could just lie in my bed and do nothing and Cause there have been those moments, but I'm not answering to a boss. I don't have to get the TPS reports in. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to wake up to an alarm clock. Um, you know, I know that, I know that my job is really, really easy compared to most. And I worked, you know, I had a regular day job back when I was, you know, in my early twenties, um, And I do not ever want to go back to it. (laughs) But, um, I always just have to keep in mind, like people, there's karaoke for a reason people there's like American idol. There's the voice people like would die to be able to do what I do for a living. Like people consider like people, you don't ever go to like a bar and check out, a bag of groceries for fun. Not that there's anything wrong with working <laughs> as a checkout person at the grocery store. It's just that gen- generally people don't consider that like a fun time. Whereas you would go to a bar and everyone wants to get up and sing with the band or sing karaoke or something else like that. Get up and do uh, you know, a comedy set or right. whatever. Like it's considered, my job's considered fun. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying some people might think that checking groceries out is Fun. It might be. I've never done it, so it, it is but when like, you're
0: like three years old. Because I mean, that shit sells to who? kids for for a reason, right? <laughs> like, don't that's kid. the
1: point. Yeah, my daughter did have like a um, little grocery stand toy. To to yeah. uh, be honest, I do remember that. Yeah. So hey, that could be really fun. I might catch on, and my that, that's my million dollar idea. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll do that. Um,
0: <laughs> and, the, and then the shit goes viral because people are like, "Oh, what are you doing Friday night seven thirty? Checking out some groceries, girl. Getting dressed. Let's roll." And then like, you just check them all out and you're like, okay, now let's return it and do it all again.
1: <laughs> Wait, I'm going to back up because I have used the self-checkout thing and it actually is fun. So <laughs> I'm going to take my, because I'm not joking. I'm not being sarcastic. When I get to do the self-checkout, I'm like, oh, it boop. Oh, boop. So like, empowering. I should, like, I should take that back. It yeah. is actually fun. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I'm looking for an analogy that made sense. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. No, It's not. not a phrase in bars just yet. Um, like karaoke is and which which is that's basically what I do it's glorified karaoke like we're playing we're playing live instruments there's no um a lot of bands are using tracks and stuff we don't we don't do that we play all live music but it's still um and I, I play my own instruments but it's still um singing other people's songs you know so it's like so fun I can't believe it's my job and I always say that it beats working for a living
0: right what was the day job
1: Oh, um, that so. My very—I'll give you the whole long that, list of that my you, jobs.
0: That, the jobs that you hated and never want to go back to, and fight like hell every I, performance to stay away from.
1: My first job, I was a lifeguard, and I loved that. And oh. then my second job, I worked at a car dealership, and I was a receptionist. And then I later moved on to the accounting department. But the the
3: only reason I
1: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I hated that job. Because the women in that office were so incredibly horrible to me. They were so mean. I was the subject of every rumor. I was the brunt of every joke. They were just really, really nasty. And it was because I was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. I worked there for four years. And um, they were all in their mid-30s, and they were just angry about oh. And they hated me for their own lives. <laughs> they were really mean to me. <laughs> um, that's why I hated that job. Um,
0: was like the end.
1: And actually, liked doing it, which is super nerdy. But I loved filing things because everything worked out perfectly. I loved alphabetical order. And then I uh, later moved in, like the, the when I was doing accounting stuff. I loved the data entry stuff. Actually, like very nerdy, but I really liked doing it.
0: Yeah, then I you, didn't like you actually off. would have hella fun checking out your own groceries then. I know. <laughs> that's that's why you use that analogy because on the subconscious level, it was like, no, get this thought out there so that you can go have fun.
1: <laughs> that's so deep, Sean. So deep.
2: <laughs> Psychedelic. No,
1: it, like, I liked my job. I genuinely liked my job, but I did not like the people I worked with. And then I worked at a hotel for a while. Same thing. I was in like reception and then I was the sales manager and so, I just kind of interest in that and became a musician.
0: Are you trying to at eighteen, nineteen, while you're doing the car dealership thing? Are you also like being able to be free, party girl, musician, free spirit kind of a thing, or are they just hating on you because you're young and have your whole life ahead of you?
1: I think they just—I didn't, to be honest with you, I don't know. At that point, I really wasn't into music that much. I kind of would sing with a friend's band here and there, and um, I don't—I'm not really sure what the deal was they just, they just did not like me. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I was horrible. I could have been, I don't know. And I don't think I was, but I tried to be friends with everyone, but they were just, uh, it just looking back, you know, back, back then I, I didn't understand it. I, I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong, but, but looking back, knowing what I know now and being, like I said, in my forties, like I, they were just, I think they were just really jealous. I think they were just really angry, bitter women that were jealous. I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't know their lives. I don't, I'm not in contact with any of them anymore. There was one of them that was really, really nice to me. I'm still in contact with her, with her. I taught her daughter piano. um, Nice. Amazing person. Um, But she was the only one that was nice to me out of that whole group. So
0: God, I've never understood the mean girls thing, to be honest with you. The, the, the cattiness, like that's a real thing that is that why you have all guys in your band? Because um, girls just not,
1: suck. <laughs> not, not really. I just don't. Um. No, I don't, I just never had the experience of. Um, I don't think I've only ever had like one other girl audition for my band. And then or, or talk of auditioning for my band. And then when it came down to it, I was like, OK, you're, we're going to get together. And she's like, oh, I decided to go with another band. And that was the only time a female ever even um inquired about joining. So huh. I don't know there's no reason it's not for lack of trying or for any like specific reason. I just think that female musicians that are, I think they're in short supply. I think a lot of, so I'm the lead singer in my band. I also play rhythm guitar and I play some keyboards. Um, and so the only thing that I would hire, I would need to hire someone would be for, you know, lead guitar. Well, female lead guitarists in the cover scene are very, in very short supply. I think there's only three or four female bass players on our cover seat. You know, there are just not as many of them. Huh. But really no reason other than they just, no one ever really applied. So I'm
2: not sure.
0: Yeah. Is that like the next, you know, there's a huge push for females to get into like the maths and um, the science, like the STEM movement, empowering girls to be scientists, engineers and things like that. You almost need a musical STEM movement,
1: huh? yeah that's that's interesting i never thought of it that way but yeah i always whenever a girl joins the scene like joins a band or something i always try to i always instant message them on facebook just like hey you know like so excited like i i love the band that you do join and like i'm so excited to see another girl rocker like you know see you soon like hope to see it um but i don't ever want to come off like or like condescending you know what i mean like well <laughs> you are you know? like i don't mean it like that i just mean it like when i joined like i wish someone had oh i had a claw i had a claw and fight like my way for acceptance when i first joined a band so i always wish that someone would do that but some of them answer me back and some of them don't but i eventually end up meeting them and then we're all everybody's cool but yeah we're all i'm really really good i have to say i'm really really good friends with pretty much every email that's on our scene right now. I have to say that. Yeah, like genuinely good friends with them.
0: Can I be completely ignorant? When you say scene, that's so confusing for me. <laughs> you mean like warm-up bands that also do covers kind of a thing or like you're like um I'm almost picturing like Anchor Man <laughs> And the rival, so, the rival
1: yeah, news. Exactly. Cast. <laughs> it's like that. So when I say scene, I mean, our small world, like I'm my little small scale world of musicians. Well, I, I wouldn't want to put lump them in like that, but um, how do I put it? So it's like, we're, we, the same bands play in the same bars in the same, on the same circuit. We have the same managers we have, um or like three or four different managers or three, or four different agencies. Like, but we're all basically in the same group of people. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. So okay. when I say on the scene, I mean like bands that are popular in the other bars that I play in. So there are obviously there are other cover bands all over the place, but I wouldn't consider them on our scene if they weren't like on our same circuit, using the same management, but going through the same booking agencies or even different booking agencies who we've worked with in the past, stuff like that. So gotcha. it's a real gray area when I do say scene, I guess I just mean like, the Philly, um, South Jersey, maybe like Long Island, New York area, Dewey, Wilmington, like Maryland, Baltimore, like those areas. That's what I mean when I say see. Yeah.
0: And you're kind of just so if they're seeing like uh, your poster, you're seeing their poster, and then you guys are actually interacting.
1: So, right. Gosh. Yeah. Well, we do a lot of stuff together. Sometimes there are showcases, or um on a, I'm just on a night out. Like maybe I'm, maybe I do a wedding and I'm done at 10 PM. And you know, there's a bar down the street that there's a band I've heard of. So I'll go, I'll go see that, you know?
0: Got you. And like the acceptance kind of matters or that mattered to you? Like another band when you were first getting started, like you, you actually cared about, oh man, they're cool with me. They're friendly with me.
1: Um, well, when I, so my situation is unique in that I had a The band that I was, my very first band, um, we were like a blues improv. We did some covers, some classic rock covers, but we did a lot of originals, a lot of blues improv. And so I wasn't on the scene, right? The (laughs) quote on scene. And one of the bands on the scene was losing their lead singer because she was leaving the band to have a baby. So um, their manager contacted me and said, you need to join this band. And I had never heard. I I had heard of the band, but I hadn't seen them play. So I went out to see them play, and I saw this girl who was the lead singer. She was five months pregnant, and she was just crushing everything. It was amazing. She was just, like amazing, and I I I was blown away. And I said, I can't. That's that's not. I don't do that. Like I, you got the wrong girl. Like I can't do that. And I said do, no.
0: When when you're saying can't do what? I guess I'm thinking like pitches. It's like stage performance. What are you doubting about? That that you can't um, match.
1: Yeah, I couldn't. She was rapping, like she was like I did it all for the Nookie. You know, <laughs> this, was, this was like two thousand one or two thousand something like that. And she was like rapping. She had her hat on backwards. She was all like in the crowd's face and like dancing, and she was just so cool. And I was like, I don't like. I stand at the mic stand and I just sing a Janis Joplin song and I don't look at anybody and I kind of just like. <laughs> 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 so I was like, I can't do that. Like I can sing, but I can't do what she's doing. So I said, no, didn't take the job. And then like a couple weeks later, I was just playing by myself, acoustic guitar in like this little bar in Philly and that same band, they all walked in and they were like, we auditioned like 60 something girls. We like, you have to join this band. Like you just have to, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like we'll make you a performer. So I moved to Scranton, Pennsylvania.
0: There it is.
1: Dunder Mifflin territory. Um and learned all of the music in that band, because they were doing all like current cover stuff, which I didn't even know or hadn't even heard. So I learned all their songs. And so I was with that band for like 18 months, and my long, convoluted point is, when I joined that band, it was really difficult for me to be accepted, because that band was built by the girl, their former lead singer, who had left to go have a baby like they that band was built by her like she was the star that was like she was the band and that's not to take away from the other guys right but she really was the band and for them to even and i didn't know what i was walking into i was just like oh this band needs a singer cool you know like oh their other singer their last singer was like amazing maybe i could be like her but i didn't realize that like she like what she was band, you know
0: so are they feeling are they feeling like abandoned or they're trying to like keep it going, keep making money and having a career kind of a thing?
1: Yeah. They wanted to, they just wanted to keep it going. Yeah. They weren't ready. You know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to end it. Cause you know, they were doing well. They were playing in like the premier clubs. Like you always say like a rooms, B rooms, C rooms, they were playing in all the A rooms um, with all the big bands and they didn't want to, Scramble around to start, you know, start a new band, or they all join different bands individually. Like they wanted to stay together, so they said, "Let's hire a new girl." um But then, why not accept I know her? At the time, like, what a big undertaking it would have been. I probably still would have. I would have been steadfast no, but I kind of let them talk me into it, and I did it. But I'm so glad I did because in those eighteen months, I learned so much. It was like a whirlwind of like this whole other world of like. I couldn't even believe when they offered me the job, the the agent at the time offered me the job. And I said, well, here's the problem. Like, I'm still, you guys are in Scranton. I live in South Jersey. I, you know, I have a job and I'm trying to, I had just quit my job, my full-time day job. I had just quit it. And I was like, I need to find an actual job. And he's like, well, I'm offering you a job. (laughs) And I'm like, no but I need like a real job. And he's like, this is a real job. And like, I didn't understand that. I didn't know that you could be in a band and sing other people's music and have it actually be your job where like, you don't need to work another job. I couldn't, I just couldn't get my head around that. And um, when I finally realized what they were offering me, I was like, Oh wow. Oh yes, absolutely. I'll do this. So like I said, I moved to Scranton. Just not moved. I just stayed up in Scranton for two months and learned all their stuff. And yeah. And then 18 months later, I, like I said, I'd learned so much. Um, and I just said, I wanted to do it kind of my way, you know, so I left the band and I started the band that I'm in now, which we're 17 years old now. That was 17 years ago.
0: God, that's dude, that's, that's a long time. Um, so, and again, and if I ask stupid questions, you have every right to laugh at me or tell me to fuck off. Um, I, I, <laughs> cause,
1: first, I do those things ever, um, unless I had some scotch in me, but, um, <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: I guess so then like is there like a little bit of a power struggle with like playlists and songs? Is that where the acceptance kind of a thing comes into well, play?
1: No, that's actually an excellent question because that was that was exactly it. Um I didn't in the first band that I just came in and and stepped in in someone else's place. I didn't have any say in what I Not that I didn't have any say, but they would choose the songs they would tell me how to dress they would tell me how to be oh, on stage they, you know
2: shit. and i didn't
1: yeah. yeah i was like if i'm gonna be in a cover band like i gotta at least do something that feels like me you know yeah. Yeah. um and i learned so much from those guys i would never want to take away my, take away from the experience that that they gave me and and that well you yeah, I'm and taught me so much about, about everything, about the way everything works to the the point where I was able to start my own band.
0: Right. And I'm sure from their perspective, they're like, yeah, we got kind of like a winning formula here. Let's rock with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they were, they were great guys and they were, they were good to me. Um, but I just wanted to do it my own way. I didn't, I'm just not, I don't know. They, they, they were very into like me playing up the, you know, wear a dress and not, not really a dress, but just they just wanted me to be more girly than I am. I guess that makes <laughs> any.
0: Yeah, stereotypical Barbie.
1: Yeah, kind of, and I and I I did it for a while, and it it like I pulled it off, okay. Like I was, you know, twenty four, skinny, and not having any kids yet, and it was it was fine, but it just felt it just felt really weird. I was more. I was concentrating more on not having like a boob pop out than I was on hitting the right note, you know, <laughs> when I'm jumping around. It just felt, it just felt weird. I was, yeah, it just felt really weird. So, um, I yeah. said, you know, if I had my own band, I could dress however I wanted. I could <laughs> sing what I wanted. I could write the set lists and I could, you know, I could control everything, which is what I went and did. So.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: And because t- I came from that band, um, I already had a foot in the door. I had instant credibility. I had instant clout. And my band that I formed, my brand new band, that sometimes it takes, you know, for for example, Dewey Beach. Sometimes bands aren't don't get a foot in a door down there until they're 10 years old. I'm right out of the gates like, cool. I got dates in Dewey because of the band before me that I was in paved the way, you know? Yeah. So I got very, very lucky with that.
0: Man, that's another thing that I, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe inside, maybe my persona is very, um, pessimistic because I just tend to think of the hardness. Like when you had said like, originally I'm like, Hey, does it feel like a job kind of a thing, a grind? I didn't even think about a musician having to get up there and like emotionally attached to a song that they're like, I hate this fucking thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's life right now. <laughs> you know, um, Cause the song—it seems like the songs I really, really like, and I really, really enjoy performing—they just never go over, and people just want to hear uh, "Shut Up and Dance" one more time. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that song. I'm just so sick of it.
2: <laughs> right? Uh,
1: but it's what people want. And you know what? If that—I'm not—I'm not there to blow them away with my musical integrity. Like that's not my job. Yeah. I can do that my own time when I'm in my basement recording myself, and I can. You know, I indulge myself in, in all those ways um, and it goes nowhere. So I still have that outlet, but that's not my job. You know, my job is to put butts in seats, sell booze, everybody sings and has a good time. And I I don't want to sound pessimistic because what what I always say is I, I'm a realist, okay? I'm not a pessimist, but I am a realist very, very much. And uh, I know what I do for a living. I get it. I know I know what, what, I'm there for. So I don't take myself that seriously. I think a, a lot of musicians are tortured. Oh man, if I could just, man, only I'm not tortured because I know what I'm there for. And I'll delude myself into thinking like I'm some big star and these people are all here to see me. Like if I let that creep in my head, I might be like, Oh man, I can't believe I have to sing zombie again. Mm-hmm. You know? But like, no, I'm like, cool. Yeah. I've sung zombie literally every single night for, for the last 25 years. But I can't wait to see how excited these people get when we do it. Like they still love it. Like I'm more fascinated by the fact that people still want to hear it than I am annoyed by the fact that I still gotta play it, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, cause cause you're focusing on the thing that will give you the right energy to create the right vibe versus the grind. Right. Aspect. And that's
1: and that's my job. Like they're yeah. not here to hear they're not there to watch me play this like incredible the E-Meyer chord. Like, they're not there for that. They're there to sing along.
0: Yeah. To and that, that's what Played I mean,
1: by James, you
0: know? Yeah. It's funny, the zombie. So I was the dude. That's how I got your attention. I was the motherfucker that when on, you had like an online show and you were like, hey, anybody want to hear anything? Leave in the comments. I was like, zombie, by the way, I'm trying to get you on my podcast. I don't know if you know or even not.
2: I didn't see that. Did I, <laughs> did I acknowledge
0: it? No. But it, oh. Ju- Julie Hickman, shout out again, second time is that's her favorite song that you do as well so that's why like the shit popped in my head i was like oh let me ask her if she'll do zombie maybe like that's a thing for her <laughs> and
1: oh that's so
2: funny.
1: Yeah. no i i genuinely try to acknowledge if i see the comment i try to acknowledge it but sometimes they just they flip through so fast that i miss them right um but yeah for some reason zombie is a thing i don't know why but it is like that song just became a thing yeah. for my band uh, and acoustic and when i'm by myself it's like a I don't know why, because it's not the best. In my opinion, it's not the greatest cranberry song that the cranberries ever had. But um, Is it yeah, just- it Was just, it the
0: music it video? Stopped. Like the black and white music video. And like, had we at that time, had there been a female Renaissance, right? So like, I even tried to do this with my daughter just to get her more into music. It's like, who was the rock girl after the Janis Joplin types, right? Like cla- just fucking soulful ass singers. And I don't know if you had one. I don't remember that girl being there.
2: Yeah, you're right. I
1: guess you're, yeah, after Jenna's job. I, I could name some, but they're not the most, like you don't. Hear about them very much. They're not the. They didn't ever go crazy mainstream. Yeah, and
0: like effervescent. So like the cranberry to me is like nineties. Like you're like holy shit, this girl is rocking, and it was new and it was fucking odd and the tone right and like the music video black and white. It's fucking MTV days where you're just hoping to like see the song and jam out. You have no control over it, and you're like, man, this is fucking dope. And then it's like, well, where do we go next? Like Avril levine ish, ever, ever effervescence right? Like,
1: do you mean Evanescence?
0: Evanescence. See, what I like to do is talk shit. Like I fucking know. And I'm, (laughs) I know nothing. I like to pretend I can, um, bullshit my way into any conversational topic.
1: I knew where you were going with it. I picked it up though.
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, but no, I think that's part of it. Like, I just think for our, like our age group and I'm 39 this summer, I think our age group, like there was a fucking like a watershed moment type thing for that MTV generation when you're coming home at three and putting on TRL,
2: right? Yeah, true.
0: Man, that's awesome. What a fucking what a, that's funny that you made fun of the one comment that I tried to get your attention with.
1: No, I now, now I'm
0: feeling terrible and small again.
1: That's funny. <laughs> I wish I were uh clever enough to have done that on purpose, but I have to admit that I'm not and I didn't do subconscious. it on purpose.
0: It's the subconscious. But
1: that people you know people just yell out zombie zombie and it's, i don't know why and we tried i tried with my band to get away from uh, that song just or even put it in a different spot in the night but it just people will riot like i have to do zombie at the end of the night like every single show people will be like i can't just for zombie you know i don't yeah. i don't get it it's weird but listen it does that's not to say i don't appreciate it immensely i yeah, do right? because I mean, uh, like I said, I can't believe this is my job. Maybe. Still, after God, um, you know, twenty something years, I started. I quit my day job at the hotel. Um, yeah. In so what,
0: what? was the number? Were they like, "Hey, man, we guarantee you five grand a month" or something, or did you hit them with a number and you're like, "Look, man, I need these kind of benefits. I need these kind no, of perks." I,
1: with any number, and they, they, the, the. So I'll put it this way. The, what they offered me per week was more than I was taking home um, as a sales manager at a hotel. And no, there were no benefits, but I was like, whatever. I'm 24. I don't go to the doctor anyway. Right.
0: Love the fucking <laughs> um, youth. I, lo- I loved it, the time in my life where I didn't care about benefits.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care. The only thing I had was my apartment. I had my rent and I had my car payment. I don't even think I had a credit card at that point.
0: So you're like, I can make more money. And do they guarantee the money? Like they're like, Hey man, we got like six months worth of gigs. And as long as you're showing up and doing them, you're going to make this much. Is that how that works?
1: It was kind of open ended. I didn't sign anything, but it was like, you get this much per week for as long as you're in the band and the band's not folding anytime soon. And I figured like, okay, well, if the band folds, I'll start my own band or I'll just play at the time I could play. Um, I was just starting to be able to play, so I can play acoustic guitar I could play piano. So I knew I could do solo stuff too. Like I didn't need the, that was my plan. When I quit my job, I quit my day job before I joined that band. And I, the band where I replaced the singer, I quit my day job just literally like that week I had quit my day job. It was so weird that I got that call in the same week that I actually quit my full-time job. Um, But I just figured I would just play solo um, to play guitar and sing in some bars, get a couple hundred a night you know, hundred a night or something. And, you know, I, I'll make it work. Even if I had to do like, you know, five, six, 10 gigs a week, I would make it work. Um, and then I got offered the job with the band and I was like, Oh, cool. So I could still do the acoustic stuff on the side when I wasn't working with the band and make extra money that way. And then that's just basically how I've made my living all this time. And no, I didn't at the time. I didn't care about benefits or anything like that. Cause it was like, whatever I'm in my twenties, I'll figure it out, you know?
0: Dude, that's fucking gangster. You quit your day job. Like, that's the whole don't quit your day job thing, right? Like, you fucking quit the day job before you had the security of hooking up with a band. That was legit.
1: And I was, uh, I figured as long as I had the day job, I wasn't going to try hard enough because I didn't have, you know, and I said, if I quit my job, that's it. There's no safety net. Like, I have to make this work. And I said, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? I have really good parents. They have a nice big house. The very worst, worst thing that could possibly happen is I lose my apartment. I've moved in with my parents for a while until I find another job. And that didn't sound so terrible to me because I had only moved out like five, three or four years, five years before that. So I was like, I'll feel like a loser, but at least, at least I tried. But fortunately, <laughs> that never happened. I was able to support myself and then later myself and my daughter. And, you know, um, yeah, I was, I've been able to do it all this time. I've never had another day job.
0: Say that in a way more condescending mocking to everyone who wants to quit their day job way, please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well it's not like I went off and you know be, became a now I will say I did do so I did write a lot of music, I did make a record. I sold enough music to I sold enough records to um, get you know buy my house I bought a house and you know I, I have a mortgage. I didn't like buy a house outright but I was able to use the money that I got from, um, my original stuff. Um, so I've had like a semi legitimate original careers as well. Um, but it's just, I always say that the cover band is my day job, you know? And then the original stuff is my, you know, hobby or moonlighting or a little extra money on the side,
2: got you.
1: but Don't- yeah, so I do, I do, I didn't like, I didn't, people were always like, Oh, are you like, are you still trying to make it? And I was like, what, what do you mean by making it like 44? No. I own a house, two houses. Actually, I rent one. I'm not like rich or anything. I'm just, I'm just doing okay, but I don't, I'm doing what I like. Yeah. So maybe I'm not like, um, you know, international superstar, but.
0: Well, you are on this podcast. Cause that's how I introduced you just for the <laughs> record.
1: I mean, I forgot. I mean, I forgot. <laughs> I am an international superstar. No. You know what I mean like I I don't um when I had when I got pregnant and I had my daughter um I was really really sort of pursuing that original career where I was I wasn't like going to I knew I knew I probably wouldn't be selling out stadiums but it would have been nice to have like a fully you know basically make my full-time living on my own music.
2: Right. And that's
1: what I was up for. Like I said I wasn't trying to be selling out arenas and shit but I just I thought I could probably you know, make a good living playing festivals and, uh, you know, that circuit. And I was really, really working towards that. And then I got pregnant and that's not to say like, Oh, I got pregnant and it ruined my dream. Like <laughs> this, this really lame, but it's the truth. I got pregnant and my dream changed. Like I no longer, cause I thought about the kind of life that my kid would have. Like, do I really want to drag her around city to city? You know, how you know when she became school age like what we do about that like yeah and i was like i don't i don't want i i want to be a mom like it sounds so lame but i really i just i really just wanted to be a mom like a real mom like a good mom a present mom yeah. and um
0: the the most fucking important day job like night job life job that
2: um million people, people percent have, I agree with right
0: it. like doesn't a million Shit. And this is the one thing that does suck, man. It's me. When I interject sometimes with zoom and shit, it almost cuts your audio off when I'm talking. I think it, maybe it's cause I have the cheap free version. Um, so I don't mean to keep cutting you off. Um, I'm just trying to interject it, with something.
1: you. I'm I, you cut me off whenever you think, yeah, I'm fine with it. No, <laughs> I don't. I appreciate the apology, but you, you really don't have to. It's not necessary. Thank you. Um,
0: um I wanted to ask, does it kind of, does it fuck with you? 'Cause I think like this would be my ego. It would fuck with me a little bit if my own shit wasn't paying the bills like someone else's shit, if I'm an artist.
1: I think if I I think if I had gone full steam ahead and really, really put out that effort to make that happen, and if I had failed at it, I think I might have a tinge of that. But I kind of just I kind of just was like, "Eh, yeah, I'm not going to really concentrate on the original so much anymore. I stopped writing. I stopped doing original shows because every show at that point when I got pregnant, every show at that point, I had to make money. I couldn't I couldn't chance going up to New York, getting a hotel room, mm. playing a two-day show and only making 150 bucks. Like I had to make I had to make what to make because I'm got a baby on the way now, you know? So I stopped doing that original stuff and I didn't put really any effort into it after I had her. I I didn't even really write anything. Um, so I, I think if I really had given it a real shot and failed, I think I'd be more, I don't, I don't want to say bitter, but I think it'd be, I think I'd be a little more less, I'd be be a little more disappointed at this point, but I kind of just gave up on it because I didn't really, wasn't really interested in it anymore. I didn't mm-hmm. give up on it because I didn't think it was going to happen. I gave up on it because I didn't really want it to happen anymore. You know? Gotcha.
0: And how about this? Cause this is the lazy ass in me. It's gotta be a little easier to fucking just play other people's shit and not almost feel that pressure of creation. Or am I looking at that kind of the wrong way?
1: So, well, yes and no, because, um, it, yeah, yes and no. Cause when I would, when I would write my own stuff, I, I wrote everything. I would write all the parts Oh and it was, shit. Difficult, to get the band. It was difficult for my band to like, well, I want to play it this way. And I, I would, you know, okay, let's do it. this, is, which is why when I did original stuff, I pretty much just did solo. I didn't, I didn't really do it too much with the band. I think mm-hmm. I recorded four, three songs, three songs of originals with, with my band at the time. Um, but mostly my original stuff was solo. So when I play with the band, um, covers are, we don't play, we kind of put our own spin on them. Gotcha. So yeah, they're Songs and yeah, the chord progressions and the lyrics and the melodies are already written, but we do rearrange them. We we put them in with other, we mix them up with other songs. Like we kind of do make them our own. So there still is that creative element. I think that's why I haven't burned out so far. Gotcha. That's a good. There point. is still that creative element. Like yes, I'm doing other people's music, um, but you touched on a really good point. So when you're writing your own songs and you're doing your own originals, maybe you play, you know, twenty in a night and one of them gets like a really good reaction and you're like, all right, well, let's keep that one and put this one on the back burner burner and never play that one again. You know? <laughs> but when you're other people's music, music, you you already know what the hits are. You already know what's going to yeah. work. What's not going to work, you know? Um, and sometimes it's not like infallible. Sometimes you go, this song will crush. I know it will. Cause everybody loves it. And when it comes on the radio, everybody loves it. And then you play it and it's like crickets. So um, it's not, it's not fail proof. <laughs> Um, it's not a failproof method of, of figuring out the hits, but like, for the most part, the work's been done for you already. Like, you know, what's got a good shot at least, right? Of you know, quote unquote home run and, and what probably won't be, you know, so, whereas where, in your own music, you're like, it, it could be anything, you know?
0: Yeah. And I actually spoken to a couple people about that and, um, they've, it they're like, it's odd when you know a song is great and you've heard it or you've played it yourself, whatever, a hundred times, a thousand times, cause it's your own song. But if you take it to a new spot, they can't sing along. Like, like if right. it's the first time for them, like you don't have radio play or whatever, like they don't know what to expect. So there's this like weird awkwardness, even though it's a great song when people hear it for the first time, that it doesn't give such a great like party vibe.
1: Right. And you can get in your own head about it too. Like there's, there's a good way to tell when a song's just not working, and then there's also a good way to tell like when you can tell that people are into it and they're enjoying it, but they just they're not familiar, but they're still engaged, they're still in. But if you're having one of those bad days, like I mentioned, if you know you had it, got a ingrown toenail, or you, you just you stomach ache, whatever. If you if you have one of those days, it's easy to like lose the ability to really read that. And then you go, they hate everything. They hate me. This song sucks. I'll never play it again. And then it could have been like an amazing song and everyone could have loved it, but you'll never know because in your brain, you just had a bad day and you're like, everybody hates it, never played it again. But it doesn't really happen with covers because people will go, I love that song. Can you play it again? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have two things. One, do you just, how hard do the drunk, like early 20 year olds go when it's like Molly Cyrus's, so I put my hands up playing. <laughs> is, is, is that something?
1: yeah that is something that's still a song that works yeah for sure and uh it's one of those it's one of those uh anomalies that kind of like it's a good song. I'll tell you what my my daughter when she was a baby she like we'd be putting her clothes on and we'd be like now put your hands up I'm changing your shirt you know and I'm like, I like this song even though I sing it every night but it's been it's one of those songs that stuck like that song now is quote unquote old.
0: Yeah. It's fucking which, like 20 years old, isn't
1: it? They'll like it. Yeah. The young kids still like it, which is like,
0: all right. Yeah. Well, it's amazing the staying power. Cause Brittany and Jay Z, the two people that Molly Cyrus went with, right? Like the two artists who, I mean, I guess they were pretty famous at that time, but like Jay Z is a fucking icon at this point, And Britney's back, bitch, like all that shit. She nailed two great names to put in her song.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. I never thought of that.
0: Like she could have do know, I don't want to piss on anybody, but she totally could have picked some fucking whatever album art. Anyway. Um, <laughs> how how do you make money playing other people's shit? Are you paying royalties on this? Is that like a management thing?
1: So generally the agencies handle that type of stuff. So the bars that you play in um, have some kind of licensing or they pay, um, they pay to ASCAP or BMI. They pay like they pay fees. Gotcha. So if you're a bar, it's going to have a cover band. You have to pay that fee.
0: Oh, so, so it's, it's the bar.
1: On up. And then if there's ever a bar that doesn't have that, our agency will handle it and factor it out in our price. So it's, everything's covered like that.
0: Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Okay. So now, and that's man, that's fucking, I, I guess that makes sense. I'm almost thinking like an Apple or a Spotify premium subscription where then you get free reign to play whatever. So it's not like you're buying each song's
1: rights, right? So, like every year, I don't know. I don't know what the the price is. Like I guess I guess it's a percentage depending on how many bands you have. But every year they pay like that. They pay that fee. Gotcha. So that, and even you know, not only cover bands, but they're able to have the DJs come in and play the.
0: Oh you shit! Know, the, the. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. Um, I I didn't ask what was the name of the record, the um original stuff you put out.
1: Oh, it's just. So it's just Larly. My name's Larly, so it's just Larly.
0: Gotcha. And was it Bluesy? What was that? Um, a,
1: lot, a lot of thought into that.
0: <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I didn't want to be like your one chance to be fucking original and way to be original. You just like Larly.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's, it's a cover name. My mom gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's weird how that record came about. I was howling around. With, and I don't mean dating. I actually mean palling around. I, I had a boyfriend at the time. I was palling around with the guys from the band Disturbed. Oh no way! And uh, you know the band Disturbed. Y'all you know do. What I mean? Let
0: the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies. No,
1: that. No, that's no, that's Drowning, drowning Pool.
0: Got you. Got <laughs> you. See, there I go trying to be a fucking Southern <laughs> Delaware music expert. I know shit. <laughs> it's
1: a different band, but same um, vein, I guess. Same genre. Got gotcha. you. Same time same time period so i was hanging around with those guys and um their manager uh took a liking to me and he was like i had opened up for um i had opened up for a band it was open up for those types of bands you know what i mean like i was like solo acoustic um but i was like doing my original stuff and opening up for these these bigger bands and so he the manager of disturbed was like hey listen you know i I'd like to see more of what you can do and, you know, let's, let's hear what you have so far. Let's hear what you have written. And I said, well, I don't, don't really have, like, I only have like, you know, five or six full songs written, but and he's like, Oh, let's just, you know, see what we do so he's like, send me copies. And I'm like, well, I don't have copies of any of them. I've never been in the studio or anything. So he said, uh, well, I'll fly you out to Chicago. I'll be your manager. We'll record your songs and this way we have copies of them and we can work on them. And I'm like, okay, cool.
0: Wait, now you, you couldn't have just said, okay, cool. You had to be fucking ecstatic as shit, man. Or no, I,
1: I wasn't though. Cause I was very, so what the fuck? I was very used to and very accustomed to people offering me like these amazing things, but they wanted something that I was not willing to give in return. If you know what I mean?
0: Oh my God, dude. Again, I, never uh, thought like that's yeah, such uh, a stereotype.
1: Right, and I wasn't sure if that was one of these, one of those situations. I wasn't Holy sure, so I was kind of like very apprehensive, and I was like, "I don't know,
0: dude." I didn't He's even lo- think about that. Yeah, so like all of a sudden, you're alone in a studio room, and this motherfucker is getting handsy, and then you're in like the position of like, "Well, I really want a record."
1: Fortunately, that did not. Oh happen. no! Yeah, yeah. Happen.
0: I'm not saying that did. Happen. I was <laughs> like playing out the stereotype in my mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You never know. So I was very wary. Oh, oh, um, he he was coming to shows a lot he was paying a lot of attention to me and i was like this could be really good if it's legit but i don't know if it's legit you know mm. and so i did go to chicago and um and i i did record that record and it was basically scratch tracks it was i it was my songs that I had written exactly as i had written them uh one or two takes like we only did another take if i really messed up like hit a real bad note um, but I sat at a piano and sang. And I sat with my guitar and sang. Like we didn't do separate tracks or anything. It was very, very raw. And is that how um, you wanted it?
0: Or was that like a time crunch thing? Cause or like
1: money well, issue? It time crunch thing because we only had three days and it wasn't supposed to be like my record that I was making. It gotcha. was it was supposed to just be let let me hear what you have written so far and we can we can make them into songs. Gotcha. And so um I came back from Chicago with this, this, you know, uh, copy of this CD with these, I think it was nine songs or something on there. And, uh, over the next, of course, of the next few months, the, the manager kind of got, I don't know if he flaked out or what, or maybe he just didn't like the song. He might just not like the songs, you know? Um, but he kinda, he was like, oh, I'm going to bring you back out here in January. This was in like November. And then, um, I didn't want to be a pest. So I hadn't heard from him for quite some time. And I was like, mm. well, what's, I don't know what's going on. And it kind of got, it kind of got hairy and I didn't know what was happening. And it just, so finally I said, Hey, listen, like I have this record and you have all my songs. Like, I don't like, am I allowed to use this? Like, am like I didn't pay for it, <laughs> you know? Right. And he sent me an email. He was like, listen, he's like, I'm not in a position to bring you out here again, but you can do whatever you want with those songs. They're yours. You wrote them.
2: Oh,
1: and like cool. So I immediately copied I immediately went and copyrighted everything. Um, in case he ever went back on it. I don't know. It was, I, I didn't, I didn't expect to get like a free record. I really didn't. I didn't even know that was happening. Um, but those scratch tracks that he told me I could keep uh, and that I later copyrighted ended up being my first I took one or two off of it because they were terrible, and then <laughs> it ended up being my first album. And when I say album, I burned thousands of CDs, and my mother helped me, and we slapped paper like sticker labels onto them and just sold them at shows. Nice. And I sold. I probably at one point, I know it was a, it was twenty thousand, because. 'Cause I was keeping like a, a record of how how much money I had spent on them and how much money I had made.
0: As any good dorky and, accountant would. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> but then everything went digital and started streaming and stuff. Um and I put my stuff up on CD, CD baby and then it then, you know, years later it went this was back in two thousand and five or four that this, this all went down. So my record's very old. But um now it's on Spotify, iTunes, all that. So I've lost track as to how many I've actually sold. I don't know, but it, it streams. Like I still have like 12 people a month that listen to my yeah. record on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> man. Do you, dude, that's, do you trust the streaming numbers or do you think like, like to me, I it's almost like I was playing online gambling and like the casino gets to Show me a digital card. Like I have a real hard time fucking believing that, or like rolling craps digitally.
1: At at this point, the record was was quote unquote released in two thousand four. Yeah. Like, if I get a half a cent for every time someone plays fifty times, I'm happy that I'm making anything off it. So I don't really care what you know. I get a check. I do get a check um, every month from uh cd baby which is what i go through they do the itunes spotify and all that i do get a little check every month it's not much but it's hey i'm still technically making money on my own songs after 14 years after you know
0: yeah that's
1: 14 was it 14 years yeah 2004 16 years Wow. peace yeah so um but yeah i I still make money off it it's a pittance but it's still money still technically professional original musician I'm like,
0: I'm almost thinking of something like fucking if you took Drake or something like that, like how, how trusting is he? Or does he just have a fucking team of accountants? That's like, no, 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 no. We need, we need to see the hard drives.
1: Yeah. I'm sure they have. I, I don't know. That's a good question. I never really thought of it.
0: Yeah. I, again, I guess I'm just pessimistic. Cause I just would not trust it.
1: Well, I'm so small scale that I'm like, you're going to listen to my music. Can I pay you for it? Like I don't expect <laughs> I expect to have to pay people to listen to it. So I'm not of that mindset where I'm like, I better be getting every cent for my song, you know?
2: Right.
0: Oh man. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I've had a couple artists on who, um, with, uh, social media, it's a thing for them that they're trying to figure out because like, when you put something on Instagram, like there's a surreal artist, he puts it out there and you know, it's like, how do I sell it and keep it mine when the image is now publicly? displayed and it right
1: I, yeah you can't
0: yeah that's it's, why
1: people write something like they write some prose or some you know insanely profound thought and then they put it up on facebook and it's like well that's not yours anymore like don't put it on facebook you gotta you got wait for show that's people like hold on to those goods make it yours first you know
0: yeah um and then this other artist was talking about what he does now is he does time-lapse videos so if he ever actually has to go to court he can show that this is my intellectual property and here's literally the process of me designing it. And then you got to match it up um, and prove to a jury that like, whatever the other product is that you say stole from you, this is how I know they stole from me because here's my process of me creating it. And I'm like, gee, that's right. got to suck as a fucking artist. Like that has to be the last thing you want to think about as you're creating.
1: When I was a kid and I was writing my own music, quote unquote writing my own music, I would just play something into a tape recorder on my piano Cause this was before I knew I could sing. I would mail it to myself. <laughs> I was like 11, and I wouldn't mail it to myself because I was like, This is a, If anybody from my neighbors heard me playing this, and then they steal it. You did
0: that, <laughs> that was your thought. Yeah,
1: I was a strange child. <laughs> <laughs> what? My daughter is so strange and I love her so much for it. Like, I was like, please don't be normal because I won't even know where you came from if you're normal.
0: <laughs> just just be fucking quirky, right? Like, quirky is cool, man. You just got to trust it. Quirky is cool. She
1: owns it. She loves her weirdness. She's like, whatever. I'm weird. It's your problem if you don't like it. I'm like, oh, God, I wish I was like you right. now. I don't even wish I was like you when I was nine. I wish I was like you now. <laughs> what,
0: dude, what did you mean before I knew I could sing? Like, you didn't you weren't always like a singer or you just didn't have, like you hear yourself in the shower and you'd be like, man, this is shit.
1: Yeah. I just wasn't, I I was, I played piano my whole life and I kind of just played by ear and my sisters would sing. My sister, my younger sister, the one that I mentioned before who had cancer, I have two sisters. um, But the one that that was diagnosed with cancer, she would be, she was the singer in the family. And so I was like her accompanist. I would just play piano for her or whatever. Um, And we would harmonize sometimes. But I didn't think, I really wasn't like, oh yeah, I, I sing. I was more like, oh yeah, I play piano, you know? And then I don't even know how, I don't even know how it started. Like, friends, my friends heard me sing, were like, you're a really good singer. And I'm like, really? And they're like, ah, oh, totally. Then I joined the talent show in high school. Oh. And I was trying to be funny. And The Bodyguard was a huge movie. And I did I'll Always Love You.
0: Oh, that's a tough one, man. Did you hit it the fucking end?
1: I mean, I guess I won the talent show and then everyone <laughs> after that made me sing for every single thing that ever happened again. So like every game, I was the anthem, every birthday party, I was the singer, you know, like, so I guess, uh, cause I won. <laughs> and then I got the lead in the play the next, next two years at the, at the play in the school played. I didn't even really go out for it. They were just like, Oh, you're going to be the lead in the play. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> So I guess I I guess I did well because then I became a singer from that moment on. It was like I kind of couldn't even get away from it. It was just like everywhere I went, I was expected to sing. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll do this.
0: Um, did you not like acting, or you just like the singing more, or like why not go Broadway I, or some shit?
1: I I don't want to say I didn't like it. I just wasn't really aware. It wasn't something I was ever really interested in. Mm-hmm. I was. It wasn't like uh, I don't know. I would have never thought to. I, well, so I went, I wasn't, I went to a Catholic school, so I went to a really, really small school. So pretty much everyone. Oh, and here you the- were
0: bragging about your talent show exploits. There was like three people who tried. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I, 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 sang battled for other people and two of them were teachers and they couldn't win. So, um, yeah, there were, there were only, I think there were, I think I graduated with like 59 people in my class, maybe 69. I don't remember, but Yes. So the, when we did this, so the school, play, it was a small school. And so the school play was like, pretty much everyone had a part in it, whether they were a stagehand or right. they, they designed the programs or, or they were the actual actors in the play. Everyone, the play was like a school-wide thing. So it wasn't like I was like, didn't want to go out for the play or wasn't interested in it. And I just like would, you know, I, I don't even remember. I don't remember actually going out for the play, but I do remember that like when they did what, after I did the talent show the next two years, I was the lead in that. And the director told me that he chose those plays like for my voice.
0: Mm. Do you, what were they?
1: Oklahoma and sound of music.
0: Oh shit. So you were hitting notes, man. The fucking sound of music. Jesus.
1: Yeah. I, I, I loved it, but I, but I didn't even realize, I was like, this is so wonderful. I get to sing like every night in front of people. I didn't like memorizing the lines, but I loved just singing on the stage. I thought that was, I was like, this is awesome. This is what I'm going to do with my life. Awesome. And then I was never in another play again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you wind up going to a college or anything? Like, were you a theater major or art major or some shit like that?
1: No. The irony is my sister, who I mentioned several times, she went to American Music Dramatic Academy in New York City on a full scholarship. Holy shit. And now she is a graphic designer and, and like, runs an office. Meanwhile, I went to business school. Like a trade school. Like I didn't go to like a real college. I went to like a trade school, business school, like a vocational type. Um,
0: Smart, save money, like community college, like shit.
1: It was like, it was one or two, it was two, it was two years of schooling and you, you graduated with an accounting certificate. So like I could be a bookkeeper pretty much, or if I could have gone, if I wanted to get my CPA, I had to do a lot more training, but I had like the roots, like the base. And I could, I could, I could go to real college and trade out credits for that if I wanted to do CPA. But I didn't. I just was like, I like the bookkeeping aspect of it. And so I did that. And that's how I got the job at the hotel. Or I'm sorry, at the, um, I was going to school for accounting when I worked at the car dealership and then started working in the accounting department.
0: With all those mean bitches.
1: Yes. Oh, they were awful. And you know what's funny? This is so funny. i talking about this today.
0: They asked just- for like backstage passes and you were like, fuck you.
1: <laughs> I wish I was that cool, but that, that didn't happen. But what did happen was I did a live stream show from my basement. <laughs> I did a live stream show from my basement and um I, you know, a couple hundred people were on and this girl messages me and she's like, Are you the Laura Lee that used to work at um the Ford dealership? And I was like, and I i saw her name and immediately knew who she was. And I was like, Yeah, I am. Why? She's like we used to work together a long time ago. And I was like, Oh, LOL. Yeah. I, I, I remember your name. You know, I know exactly who she was. This woman made my life a living hell. Like she was so awful to me. So she's like, Oh, a lot of my friends love you. They think you're so talented. We got to go out and get a drink. And I was like, mm, and I just like gave her a thumbs up emoji. <laughs> and I, wait, you
0: I gave me I... that same emoji. So now I'm kind of questioning it is that you're like, man, I, God, you lumped I, me in with her.
1: In my brain, I was the pettiest thing dict my brain, my inside voice outwardly I was like, Oh my god, don't I totally remember you? Thumbs up emoji, yeah. Because I have no I just I, I just don't have it in me. I don't know. But so in my brain I was like, Yeah, mm, thumbs up emoji. Eh. But like it came out like, yeah, thumbs up emoji. Like anyway. No, so
0: dude, you totally should have gone middle finger emoji and then been like, Oh, it <laughs> slipped, I'm sorry. Fat thumbs. <laughs>
1: Oh man, yeah. I wish I would. I don't have the. I just don't. I don't have that in me. I'm always just like, I don't know. If, if if when it matters, I can be confrontational as hell. When it matters, like when it comes to my kids or if I'm being treated unfairly. But when it really doesn't matter, like I just don't even engage because I don't have the. I don't have the energy. Yeah, what? Well, so she said, "I my friends love you that." And one day we got to go out and get a drink, and I was like, "Yeah, cool. You know, maybe." And then she's like. You know, we didn't always see eye to eye, but I think oh. I, I, I wanted you to know that I always did think you had a beautiful voice. And I was like, there's really nice of you to say. And like, then later that night, I had all of like, I had paragraphs written in my brain of what I should have said.
0: <laughs> what would, what were they? What would you have said?
1: Like you, yeah, should, it, what I really should have said, I wanted to write her a letter. If, but I don't want her to know that she mattered that much to me. Do you know what I mean? I oh. wanted to write her a letter and be like, you know, I actually should thank you. Because you were so horrible to me and you made my life such a living hell. And I like cried in my car before work. And I would have, I'd probably still be in that job if you were nice to me. But I quit that job and I got a different job. And then I, I worked at a hotel and I the hotel had a bar and I used to go sing in that bar. And so that's how it led me to where I am today, which is I don't have a boss, which you probably still do. I don't wake up to an alarm clock, which you probably still do. You know, I don't have to wear pantyhose to work, which you probably still do. You know, I, I was like, that was, those were the thoughts in my head that I wanted to say to her, but I didn't say any of that to her. I was just like, oh no, nice talking to you. Have a nice life.
0: <laughs> Dude, that's Jesus. The inspiration, like the adversarial inspiration. It's funny how that, like that, that negative experience actually does work. It sucks, but like, it does kind of benefit and work out for you. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, so when my kids are like, "You're being so mean," I'm like, "Yeah, take it and use it. Do something with your life." (laughs)
0: It's it's wood for your internal fire.
1: (laughs) I like that. I'm using it. I'm using it tonight when I take my son's cell phone away from him for some impression that I'm sure he'll make. (laughs) I'm going wood fire to burn inside you.
0: Oh baby. Yeah. and if you want to cry like a little bitch, you're just putting that fire out. <laughs>
1: He's like, "Mommy, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm too hey. young." <laughs> right down. Wait, say that again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Copyright. Copyright. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be fucked up. <laughs> what? Um. <laughs> that was a that was a fun little mean girl tangent. That's amazing that they fucking and like why are you trying to be coy? And be like, bitch, you're on the live stream. You fucking know who I am. You, you, (laughs) Right. Like, what the fuck? That was the best you got? Start with the apology next time. Come on. Just fucking.
1: Yeah. You know, she might not even remember how mean she was. Or or maybe she wasn't that mean and I just took it in a bet. Well, Mm. no, she was. She was really. She was the ringleader. (laughs) She was that mean. Oh, shit. She was them.
0: Can I get like an understanding of what the mean is? Because dudes – fuck with each other all the time. And I, I think we're just like incompetent Neanderthals. We don't emotionally get the mean boys club or whatever. At least she, I don't think.
1: She basically started rumors. Like, so the entire time that I worked there, I worked there for four years. Um, I never dated anybody that worked for that company ever, ever, not one mm. person. And she made it like, she had me sleeping with like the entire sales department, the entire, all, all the married oh. ones. And, you know, saying that I was like, you know, carrying on with the manager, and that's why I got special treatment. I didn't get special treatment. I was a file clerk, and then I became accounts payable or accounts receivable. I don't even remember, but like data entry, you know, accounting stuff while I was still in accounting school. Like I wasn't getting any special. It wasn't like I was climbing some crazy corporate ladder, you know.
2: Gotcha.
1: Uh, but she, yeah, and just, just like backhanded stuff, like, oh, you know, cute dress, or just, just really. <laughs> I don't remember. Just I just remember her being I just remember anxiety about like I would dress for her. Oh, my instead God. of dressing I would dress for her. Whether in the beginning it was like something that I knew wouldn't piss her off and then later like something I knew she would eat her heart out. Do you know what I mean? Like in the beginning I was dressing for her to like try to diffuse the situation. Uh-huh. And then like and when I quit I was fueling it like I would wear something that I knew would piss her off. Something that I knew I looked really good in or really skinny yeah, in right. and that would make me crazy. So, huh? but it She's... wasn't just her. It was the whole, it was the whole department. It was the whole accounting department. Um, she was just like basically the ringleader.
0: God. Did you ever do like the Costanza where you left something there to record what they said when you would leave? <laughs>
1: no, I wish. <laughs> no. No, you know what? And I, I wouldn't have, though, because I, I mean, I know what they said to my face. I don't think I could have handled what they said behind my back, you know?
0: God. Oh, and they would, like, confront you on this shit? They'd be like, Laura Lee, why are you trying to break up a happy marriage? No,
1: so it was more like, um, I, just, like, just snide comments. It wouldn't be that direct. It would just be, like, snide comments. Like, I, like, Mike would, like, my my yeah. His name was Mike, the ma- manager at the time. He was, like, the controller. He'd call me into the office and he'd be like Lily can you come in here please and um like I would leave my desk and like it would just be like oh don't you want to go freshen up first in the bathroom or like did you want to like denied like comments like I'm like no I'm okay you know or don't you want to fix your lipstick or I don't know they were just it was just really they were seedy it was seedy it was really seedy and they accused me of stealing things from like like the uh the supply cabinet I'm like what well, what am I going to do with a box of pencils like what <laughs> what do
0: I <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine like <laughs> bitch come check my trunk and you pop it and it's just fucking like boxes of staples and butterfly <laughs> paper clips and fucking toner cartridges and it's like <laughs> we knew it was you it's like i'm sorry i'm just trying to make it in this world <laughs>
1: It was everything but the pencils. You don't see a pencil in here? Nope. not so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like That's a bit like fucking petty. Jesus. I hate petty people like that. I don't get well, it.
1: Well, the, the salesmen were really nice to me and they did not like that. And then the uh, male interns that were from corporate were we re- like would pal around with me and I'd go out with them and we'd hang out like, you know, go, go for drinks after work. And mind you, like I had a boyfriend or a girlfriend pretty much my entire life. Like I have almost never been single ever. So mm. I wasn't, I was not like running around with people. I was just, you know, going out drinking, having fun. Like it really wasn't up to anything bad, but I guess they didn't like that. I was like having a social life with people that I work with. And then, then all these rumors started and like, I, I really, there was like zero truth to them. Especially the, and it wasn't like I was like going out drinking with guys that were married. Like it was, it was like younger interns that were also single, and we were having fun. And I was like helping them hook up, and they all knew my boyfriend or whoever the girl I was dating at the time. You know what I mean? It was always like, it was always totally innocent, but it just never got construed that way. When the next day in the office, for whatever reason, so then I just stopped going out with everyone. I stopped hanging out with people I worked with, and just became like this. I don't want to say hermit, but I just kept my nose down went in did my work didn't talk to anyone
2: that you know sucks. didn't make
1: jokes didn't pal around with anyone and then i was like this is this sucks i don't want to work like this and yeah. i like, quit
0: it's be fucking depressing
1: it was they were mean
0: so now
1: for four years it was four years of my life so it's like not like you know
0: dude that's a long ass four years
1: yeah it still affects me apparently <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> really Are, like- you sound totally over it <laughs>
1: Writing paragraphs to some random accounting lady in my bed at night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Spite. Not just paragraphs. Spiteful fuck you paragraphs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I go on stage and make money playing other people's music. What are you doing with your life?
0: Right. Fucking. <laughs> I bet you've never figured out a new way to add. Well, I've added music to this world.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've added
0: other people's music. <laughs> yeah, and you're owed, right? Like, how fucking original are you? Carry the one? What do you put it underneath? Does that make you feel creative? <laughs> God, we just fucking, oh man. I, I, I just can't get but over it.
1: Four and never, ever bought a four.
0: <laughs> so now this is a little conspiracy theorist of me. Do they know you're by at this time? And maybe they're like, Man, fuck – because, like, we're talking, like, early 2000s, right? Yeah. Like, that shit, um, like, wasn't nearly as accepted as it is no, now.
1: No. Ever um, – I never, ever, like, kept a secret or tried to hide it. So, I think – I feel like it could have had something to do with it, but at the time, I had a steady boyfriend all those four years. So, I don't know if that really came into play or not. Cause I don't, I don't, it's not like I – like, yeah, I don't hide it, but it's not like I walked – I'd walk into work and be like, guess what? Sometimes I, that sucks with women too. Like it just didn't really come up, you
0: know? You're <laughs> like, Cindy, fucking and Marcy's the, looking hot today, isn't she?
1: <laughs> at the time I was dating a guy the whole time. So I don't know if it ever came up. I don't know if they ever, I don't know if they ever knew or not knew. But I, like I said, I never made any qualms about like, even in, even in, I guess when I realized it was like either the end of high school or shortly out of high school. And my parents were, like, surprised that I had a boyfriend. Because they were like, man, we, we really thought that you would not be interested in my, man. And, like, given the way that, you know, how we know you and how you grew up. Because I was super tomboy. Super tomboy. Played softball. You know. <laughs> wanted to play. Um, so, yeah. But I, I didn't, like, have to, like, come out. I just was kind of, like, I don't know. Brought a girl home one day and then went, like. She was coming around a lot and my mom or one, either my mom or dad, someone was like, oh, you know what? I don't remember how my mom or dad asked, but I know my grandma. She was like, uh, my girl at the time was painting my grandma's house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got So like in my head, my mind just went to like all sorts of like pool boy stories where like the pool boy gets seduced.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which she was... She just came to my grandma's house, and my grandma was like, "Oh, she's such a sweet girl. Um, does she have a boyfriend?" And I was like, "No, nope, she does not have a boyfriend." Grandma. She's like, "Does she have a girlfriend?" And I was like, "Yeah, she does." And my grandma was like, "Is her girlfriend you?" And I was like, "Yes, she is." And she was like, "Okay." <laughs> 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 it's a cute, a cute, but it never really got. My family's like, uh, not. You know, it was never really that big of a deal with us.
0: Um how did the Catholic school thing play into this? Cause fucking talk about guilt trips. Like if you're going through this and emotionally, you're trying to figure this out with all the other fucking emotions of a teen and you're getting hit with these laws or these regulations, rules, whatever beliefs, like, how's that fucking with you?
1: I didn't ever put any sock into that
2: <laughs> anyway.
1: Um, no, I was always fighting with my, my religion teachers and my, Catholic school was more was was less about was less of a religious experience and more of a educational experience. Meaning, like the, my parents were more interested in me being there for education and less for religion. Like they took us to church when when we were kids and stuff, but by the time we were in high school, we didn't really go to church or anything like that too much.
0: Got gotcha. you. So you were that's that's kind of refreshing, or I guess I don't know if refreshing is the right word. But I've just I've spoken to people who you know they're dealing with like whatever the social norm is boys like girls, girls like boys. And then you're being hit over the head with that, like guilt for feeling a different way. And it's really nice that your parents were supportive about, about that, especially if they're sending you to a Catholic school. I didn't expect that.
1: Well, I, I didn't really touch on it too much in high school. I didn't really start, like, I didn't really realize it until if it was like my, my, st- senior year. I didn't really realize it or act on it until I was in my early twenties. You know, I didn't really, oh. I, just, I kind of was just like, not, it wasn't like this burning thing it was just kind of like, hmm, you know, maybe this is going on. Okay. You know, it wasn't really like a, I don't know. It wasn't like a huge, I, a lot of people that have, I know that I'm lucky in that way because a lot of people in the LGBTQ community as LGBTQ,
0: Yeah. I get training <laughs> on that shit every year and I get lost by the fifth acronym. Like I, a lot. It, they keep, I, keep adding yeah. to it. Right. Because they keep finding all these different, what? Well, not labels, but I guess they are labels because the letter is to label, um, where people and they're like, well, I don't exactly fit that label. So I need my own letter to be added to this.
1: Yeah. And it, and you don't ever want to say the wrong thing and exclude somebody or offend. Like the last thing I want to do is offend somebody who's like, you know, uh, my, who knows, who has like a clear idea of what it is. You know right? what I mean?
0: Oh yeah. A hundred percent.
1: We had a clear idea and I didn't look into it that much. It was kind of just like, I'm just me and whoever I think is cool. I'm going to spend my time with but I don't feel like I need to like analyze it. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Cause yeah.
0: Fluid. I believe maybe I, it would be referred to yeah, as fluid.
1: I, I do feel like a little, a small sense of guilt in that. Like I know a lot of people before I started spouting off the acronym, whether or not it was correct. Um, people that ha- that are in my situation have a lot, have it a lot tougher Yeah, and struggle more. And, um, I just didn't, I just didn't really ever have that experience. So I know that I'm lucky in that regard.
0: So painter girls, the first girl, how, like, how are you vibing this out, man? Are you like just lobbing little things up there? Like, Oh wow. Look really great in those shorts. And like seeing the response, is she coming on to you? Like how, how are you discovering this?
1: I had crushes on every friend I ever had. And then. Um, in high school, my best friend cheated on me. No cheated on. Okay. I'm sorry. My best friend and my boyfriend, my boyfriend cheated on me with her. Oh, and I was more upset to lose her friendship than I was. That my boyfriend cheated on me. Gotcha. So years later, I was like, I think that I was like more upset about, being betrayed by the girl, than it was about being betrayed by the guy.
0: Holy shit, that's the coin flip.
1: have, yeah, have you heard of I,
0: like the decision, the coin flip decision?
1: Hmm. Why would I care? <laughs> you know. And uh, also, I always like obviously like thought girls were beautiful, and like I never really was that attracted to guys. Like it just like if a guy paid attention to me, and he wasn't like he wasn't like really mean or awful to me I'd be like oh cool like I'll go on a date with you like I wasn't really ever picky with guys like I just would sort of not like I dated everybody but like I would hang out with anyone and just like like I said I always had a steady boyfriend so anybody that I did like get to that level with I stayed with for years and years and years um but it was like I don't know I was always, always just thought like I just always felt a different connection with girls than I did with guys. If that makes sense, and now I'm marrying a man. Like I'm, I'm with a man, and we're getting married, we're raising our children together. Um, And it's not like, oh, I chose a man over a woman. It's, just, it's like he's who, who he's who I found who's it for me. And if some if if before I met him or if if he had been a woman, then he would have been it for me too. But he happened to be a man, you know.
0: Gotcha. It's is he?
1: Is is it for me? And it doesn't matter what he's got going on under his clothes, you know.
0: (laughs) That's a relief. Like no, no, no performance anxiety there, right? It's like, oh man, it doesn't even matter what's going on down there. You're fine. (laughs) That's that's how I took it though. But I don't think that's how you meant it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I meant that gender doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Oh no, totally. I mean, I got it. I was just being a dumbass. (laughs) man so is he is that like a long conversational thing you got to have with him with that kind of past where it's like dude i don't want you to sweat it i'm not gonna like like leave you for a woman kind of a thing or it's never really been discussed
2: it's
1: not really yeah it's not i mean like you you wouldn't sit down like If you were full on hetero, right, you wouldn't sit down with your hetero partner and be like, listen, um, I've been with other hetero people before and you just need to know that. Like you don't really discuss it because it's like it's
0: Yeah. It's monogamy, right?
1: Yeah, it's monogamy is monogamy, is monogamy. So if if you're gonna be monogamous, that means you're not gonna be with anyone
0: else. Well, now I feel like a closed minded bigot for even asking.
1: God, no, no. Listen, I, I struggle with, I struggle often with how to uh, articulate, like, I, I always worry that I'm going to sound like not, not close minded, but I was, I don't, I don't ever want to say the wrong thing or defend or offend the wrong person or offend the wrong group of people. So I'm always worried about it. And I'm like in that community, technically, I don't, I guess, you know.
0: Well that means you do get to offend it, right? Like cause you had, get a right if you're in it to talk about it.
1: I've had arguments with um other people who are like fully gay, like a full on gay woman told me, You're not you you act like one of us. You'll never be one of us. Oh. Because I just don't understand how you can find a man attractive. You are not one of us. I was like, not one of what? That makes me not human. <laughs> oh no, wait, do you, not a woman. What, what does one of us mean? Like, what do you mean? I'm not one of you. I'm not a person with blonde hair. Like what I don't understand. what one of us means. And she's like, you know what I mean? I could never find a man attractive. And this is probably not politically correct, but my girlfriend at the time was banging. She was so beautiful. <laughs> like she was so beautiful. What's,
0: what's, un, what's unpolitically correct about that?
1: Well, cause her girlfriend, uh, uh was the type of girlfriend you would like wonder which bathroom they were going to go in. And I don't, I was like, (laughs) this, this is why it's politically incorrect. I said, at least my girl looks like a girl. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with someone who doesn't, but don't come at me like, oh, you're not one of us because you like men. And I'm like, well, you like women who look like men. So what does that mean?
0: That that's always perplexed me.
1: And not that there's anything wrong with that. I've dated girls that you wouldn't know if they were right? a girl or a guy. They did that on purpose. They want they wanted to look that what's that androgynous? Is that the word? They wanted to look androgynous. And I get that. That's there's like that's sexy like to me. Like I think that's awesome. I wasn't trying to take away from the girl she was dating, but like she was coming at me like, You're not one of us because you're attracted to men. And I'm like, well, what does attracted to men mean? Like you're clearly attracted to women who want to look like men. So, and my girl looks like a girl. So how come we can't all just be on the same team? Like, why does the, why do I have to not be one of you? Yeah. Is, you she,
0: is she taking that personal because she feels you're trying to like profit almost, um, shit. What's the word? Cultural yeah. appropriation. <laughs> like, oh, you're trying to fucking pass yourself off as a lesbian, but you're not really like a lesbian. So quit. We we've earned the right kind of a thing
1: exactly what she was saying and then it was like i don't want to say offensive because i wasn't offended but i felt i felt better that she was so closed-minded as a person who like suffers from people's closed-mindedness on a daily basis you know
0: well that's the whole that's always the mockery right of like um people who fight for rights and then like they want to tell you that you're wrong but they won't accept the fact that maybe they're wrong or maybe we should both accept that we have different opinions, right? True. You know, like I, I that's another thing. That's always like messed with my head. It's like, well, if you're telling me I'm absolutely wrong, don't you then have to also accept the fact that you could be absolutely wrong if we're going to deal in right. absolutes.
1: Yeah. That's the argument I have with my fiance pretty much every day. Can you talk to him for me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, you can't be right.
2: I'm right. Always
0: man how'd you guys um meet was he a groupie
1: i sang on his record he hired me to sing on his uh on his record and then a year later he came out to one of my shows and uh i just got dumped by a stupid girl who was in the closet and she dumped me because she was afraid i was gonna like blow her cover and um And he was single and he had a he had a a son that he had full custody of. And I had my daughter who I didn't have full custody, but at the time her dad wasn't um in the picture. He was he's always been in the picture, but he just was was around less at that time. He was just trying to figure stuff out, I guess. And um so we bonded on like, you know, like how are you doing this? Like on the scene, like being a single parent. And how are you know, we just kinda hit it off. And our first date, we took our kids to cheese, cheese, steak, cheesecake factory together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the very first date you guys went on was with the kids. very
1: first date we brought our kids because we were both single parents and didn't have really anyone to, you know, I'm like, well, I would love to go on a date with you, but my daughter and I live alone, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, our first date we took our kids.
0: So are you flirting more with the guy or the son to make the better impression? And who's he flirting <laughs> more with the daughter or you?
2: <laughs> that's funny well
1: there were two or two i think two and four at the time so they were pretty easy like if you just smiled at them and gave them a lollipop they were in they were like let's do this we're in
0: Gotcha. i'm more just like thinking of the dying like that's you're fucking nervous as hell anyway on a first date right so now like it's like first date with a kid so like am i trying to prove that i'm like sexy and attractive or am i trying to prove that like i could be a good companion with this kid i guess that's where my head went i was like man that's just adds a whole nother fucking dimension
1: i didn't even think of that i was just like let's see if i like this guy or not i can't tell let yeah. me see how he is with his son let me see how you know what i mean let me, let me see how i am with him around my daughter you know
0: gotcha yeah you're right. you i tend to over fucking think everything um <laughs>
1: I do the same thing, but I think you go in a different way than I do.
0: (laughs) That's, yeah, that's right. Cause see, even there, now I'm coming off like by saying that it's insensitive because that almost implies that you're not a thinker. (gasps) I apologize. (laughs) 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 Man, well, dude, that's so he's a fucking performer too, then, huh? That's,
1: yeah, he's in my band now. I hired him as my keyboard player, um, probably. Five, four or five years into, we had an, a very on again, off again. We were we we were going back and forth for a while. We didn't make it official till about two, two and a half years ago. Oh. Um, but we've been together since 2013, so almost seven years. It'll be seven years in December. But um, but yeah, he I hired him in my band as my keyboard player. I think two years ago now, <laughs> probably right around the same time we like made it official. I was like, well if you're going to be in my band, I guess I I guess we better just really be together. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Makes it and, so much easier. You know,
1: then we got engaged in December of 2018. Yeah, so we were supposed to get married in this December, the 27th, but I don't think it's going to happen now because of all the covid stuff. Everybody's moving their weddings and we're hired to play at them. And I don't uh, want to block off a date that some cancel their wedding now could move it to in December, you know? So I don't want to block off that date for my own wedding if somebody if somebody whose wedding we're already going to do can move it to there. So God.
0: see I, I'd be the person I'd be like, um not only do I have the 27th reserved, I'm starting to reserve all sorts of other fucking dates and venues and then I'll sell them to you because you're going to be so desperate to get
1: married. <laughs> I never thought of that. But see.
0: You're such a nicer <laughs> person. <laughs>
1: A lot smarter than I am.
0: Why um why the twenty seventh of December?
1: Um, so it that's a good question. So it was the day that he proposed to me, and unknowingly, it was on my parent my grandparents' wedding anniversary. Oh, so he proposed to me on my grandparents' anniversary, and so then we decided that would be a good day to actually get married. It's two days after Christmas, and and, and this year it's on a Sunday, which would have been. Crazy, but we were gonna do it anyway. But now I don't know when we're gonna do it.
2: Gotcha.
0: Just do the drive-through. Do like the zoom-in wedding. Get it done
1: with. Yeah, know? I don't even like. He's all about it. His family's like, oh, well, you know, like, have you do the guest list yet? Do you think about the color of the napkins? And I'm like, ah, you can pick it. I'll just be there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, I obviously want to get married, but I don't care so much about the wedding thing. And I'll just not, I've been, i am been married before. And that wedding was like, I literally went to a police station and the mayor married us. And then my parents ambushed us in the parking lot and took us to dinner. And that was our wedding reception. Wow. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Why so rushed on that one? Or are you just, that's the uh, lifestyle. Just don't give a fuck.
1: No, well, I was pregnant. So, but it wasn't it wasn't rushed. It just wasn't like, it just, I didn't want to, I don't know. I've just, I've never been like, I guess maybe because I play weddings for a living.
0: Dude, I was actually about to say that you're just so over yeah. the fucking scene. Cause you're always a part I, of it.
1: Yeah. I'm not, not, and I, I will say that like, and I'm not just being politically correct here. Like I will say that literally every wedding, every wedding I've ever done. I've been like, this is a really nice wedding. Like, I've never been like, ugh, this stinks. I'm never doing this. Like I've done a lot of nice, nice, nice weddings, but like, I don't, I it would feel like work to me. I'd feel like I'm, I'm at work. It would have to be something so unconventional and so out of the box that it would just feel. otherwise it would just feel like work. I'd, I'd be like, I'd be sweating it. Like I was at work and I don't, I don't want that so i just like i said first time we did I, I did happen to be pregnant at the time um but we just did the police station and we didn't have anything planned or anything we thought we thought we would do a reception like another time like after the baby like we would do like a big reception like a wedding reception right yeah but it just kind of was like eh, i don't really feel like doing that and he was like yeah neither do i so we we're like cool let's not
0: <laughs> agreed <laughs> moving on
1: yeah it's it, the it would be more for our families than it would be for us, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny if you like label it, like you could just say, Hey guys, come over on Sunday. But if you label it a reception, there's a whole fucking heightened expectations and money on it. And you're like, you know what we should have just said? Fucking barbecue. Hey man, I'm and You want to come over and hang out? Come on over, bring some beer.
1: And guess what? It's our wedding. And I hope (laughs) you brought a gift just in case.
0: (laughs) Oh, right. So that's the reason to do it. Just to to get the (laughs) gifts. I forgot about that. Yeah. Right.
1: No. Well, that's the thing too. Like we don't need, like my mom was talking about like a a wedding shower and I'm like, well, first of all, it's my second wedding. Technically. Second of all, I don't, um, like we already live together. We already have a toaster. Like we don't, we don't need like a shower. You know, our kids are nine, and 10 years old. Like, I don't know. It just feels weird. (laughs) It feels like, could you imagine if it was like, if I was going to, if I were a guest at that kind of event, I'd be like, well, these people want me to bring them a gift, like what?
2: Fucking mockery. They, have, you know, they used me
1: whatever? Amazon gift cards. It's ridiculous,
0: yeah. <laughs> so true, yeah. Because you like you're the whole point of those like wedding gift things is to set you up for your future life, kind of a thing. But you're already like, right. we're there, man. Right,
1: we've been playing house for two years now. Like, yeah. we're okay.
0: <laughs> um, anything so the first relationship or the first marriage. It's weird for me to understand how musicians that travel, tour, party, how they can be married. And I was almost wondering, like, did it, did that play a role in it not working out, your career?
1: Probably. Yeah. It's, it started to get, it started to get weird when, um, when I was pregnant and like being, like playing at shows and then going home to like someone who just did not, understand at all what i did for a living you know and at the same time i didn't understand at all what he did for a living so it was just it gets it got difficult
0: was he a we body, get along was he a get bodybuilder
1: wonderful what's that
0: i said was he a body bodybuilder
1: <laughs> no oh you know he was at the, at the time that we got married he was going to school actually uh, to be a nurse
0: oh and,
1: gotcha but he worked part-time at like a. um I like, a outdoors gear place, like a, I don't know, like an, uh, like they sold tents and stuff for climbing and bikes and stuff like that.
0: Gotcha. So he's looking to be like adventurous and go camping and you just want to fucking party rock, sleep and relax.
1: Yeah. I just, I really just wanted to play my gigs and go home and grow a baby, you know? And I, and it, it was tough because I thought that he should go out and try to get like work but he was nur- he was in nursing school and I was like can you get a job so like maybe if I feel like I want to die I don't have to go to a gig tonight <laughs> you know <laughs> um but I we saw things very differently but we we get along now wonderfully so and he has an amazing fiance who I adore
0: but not in that way just kidding. No. <laughs> just, just kidding. Again, dumbass. I apologize. Insensitive. She is so,
2: so, so, so super cute, though. She really is. A, she is very cute. She's it. She's he did. He did really well with her.
0: Dude, how pregnant performing. Are you like owning the baby and making it a part of the show while it, she it's you had a daughter, right?
1: Yeah. Once I couldn't hide her anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. That had to be like, are you stopping mid set because you're peeing? Are you wearing a diaper at some point? How hard are you going like to push the bladder?
1: No, I played until I was nine days past my due date. So I played very, Shut very, up. very far into it. Um, when I first was pregnant and just was kind of putting on some weight and didn't really have a bump yet, but I was definitely getting heavier. These girls I'll never forget. They were like, Oh my God, we're so excited that you're pregnant. We're so happy. And I was like, thank you. Like, that's so sweet. And they're like, yeah, because we just thought you were getting fat. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Thanks girls. Um, thank you so much. Now I got to go up and perform for your drunk ass. But, um, no, it wasn't that bad. I, I do remember I, I had like those shoes that nurses wear. <laughs> and I painted them. I dyed them black. <laughs> um, because my feet hurt so bad, right? And I'm trying to think of what else. I remember my mom standing on the si- like the side of the stage, like yelling at me like, "Stop jumping, Don't jump so much, Just kind of <laughs> bounce, Don't jump, you know <laughs> But that whole time was kind of like a blur because I was so tired. It's like you can't even the word exhausted isn't even adequate. like it's exhausted times a thousand. I was so tired. And I would sleep on my set break in my car or like behind the drum kit. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I was still smiling laughing and dancing. And like, I wasn't like miserable, like, oh, let me sing wrecking ball all night, you yeah. know, but I I was still trying to like be life for the party, but it was just, it was just hard. Cause I, first of all, I couldn't like take the edge off of annoying people by throwing some shots on it. Right. I had to be <laughs> and uh deal with all their annoying comments like this one lady was like don't you even care about the baby's hearing and i was like well i'm only like 21 weeks so it doesn't even have ears yet but i guess i will be eventually
0: <laughs> that's I, shit i didn't even think about that either right
1: I told her you... i'm not even kidding i said straight face i was like no i put i put earplugs in my belly button she was <laughs> like he <laughs> stared at me like, huh? And like just walked away and I was like, yeah. But uh, no, I actually checked oh, on it. The, the um, only time it could be this. so first of all, they're, they don't, I think it was forgive me, it's been 10 years but um, I think it was 28 weeks when their ears develop and they're not in jeopardy of having hearing damage because unless you were I think it's 115 decibels which is the equivalent of like a jet engine and it has to be sustained. It has to be for like you know 5 hours at a time or something. Oh,
2: okay. So,
1: My sets were never longer than, you know, 45 minutes and I was behind the speakers. I'm on stage. Yeah, so, right. I'm not in front of the big speakers and and I had my sound guy at the time have a decibel uh reader and it never went above like 89, 90, so I felt like I was in the safe zone. Sounds like it. But oh. I did check on it. I did check on it. Look
0: at that. Already. Already that nurturing mom just popping right out of you.
3: Fucking well, I had
1: a club owner tell me that he was going to sue me because I tried to cheat him out of a summer by being pregnant. And no pregnant woman deserves to be on stage. Oh. And I was like, okay, tell that to Mia and Madonna and Mariah Carey. Like, what do you mean?
2: Because, oh, um,
0: like, the sex appeal thing or whatever is going to – like, people aren't going to come to – or stay. They're not going to have a third drink because you got a baby bump.
1: Yep. And then he also said that I was going to be an unfit mother because I didn't care about the health of my baby. And I was like, well, you can't smoke in bars. Right. So I'm not going to be inhaling. Um, I'm not drinking. I'm not going to get drunk through osmosis. And he's like, what if there's a bar fight? I'm like, there are bar fights all the time. I'm never involved in them. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what do you think? They're going to attack the pregnant lady on the stage? Like, they've never attacked me before. Like, why would they attack me now?
0: Because you fucking refused to sing zombie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That actually might happen. So I did sing zombie every time, just as a precaution while I was pregnant. I did do it every time.
0: (laughs) What What a dumbass. It's like, well, you know, now that you're pregnant, you're more likely to try to break up a bar fight that's happening far away from you. So it's just a liability. We're not going to be able to hire you.
2: Like, right. What the
1: fuck? I, he said. He said. Uh, he said that um, you, the, the stress of performing and stuff is not good for the baby. And I said, the stress that you've put me through with a with a bullshit lawsuit while I'm pregnant, like, is way more than getting up yeah. on stage and you're. Like on a wooden stage in your restaurant for 150 people. Like, I think, I think that's, this is a little more stressful, <laughs> you know? Like, fucking
0: dumbass. And like, uh, so do you have to settle that shit or did you have to like get a lawyer, play it out?
1: No, it never even went. Nobody would. He sent me several letters on on letterhead from a, from a firm, but my agent, looked at it and was like this this is going nowhere you can get a lawyer if you want but like this is going nowhere and it didn't ever go anywhere and ended up playing all the dates that I had and full pay and everything was fine like nothing bad happened I wasn't even showing I have I actually have a picture of myself on stage at that venue and I was five months pregnant and they used it for a magazine cover that I did Mm -hmm. um uh, for, I think, I don't remember the name of the paper, but it was, it was like in in, uh, LBI newspaper, sandpaper, maybe sandpaper. Anyway, um, they used that picture of me and it wasn't anything about like this girl's pregnant or anything. They just thought that was the greatest picture that they took of that night. And I happened to be five months pregnant in that one. And I was like, that's crazy. The irony that the guy was like, you're not going to be fit to be on stage, no pregnant. And then a, a, a publication that was doing an article of me, like out of all the pictures that they could find online, they chose the one where I'm five months pregnant. Five, yeah, five months pregnant. You couldn't, you couldn't tell. Like I have a guitar in front of me. Like I didn't look pregnant. Um, but it was just funny. I felt vindicated.
0: Yeah, right. Bit. Did you? So like again, just because I'm a dick, I would have totally done the eight by ten and like done the personal sign, like a little <laughs> note to the guy, mailed it to him, <laughs> just been like, you're welcome. Boom.
1: I'm sure he saw it because it was in the, the publication was in the town that his bar was in. So I'm sure he saw it.
0: Yeah. But the real question is, did he, did he know he should feel like a dick when he saw it?
1: I don't ever put two and two together. that It was from that summer, you know, where I was pregnant. I don't know. I guess whatever. Who cares? He doesn't own bars anymore. So I don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you have to go on stage and be like, Hey guys, like, did you have your corny line that you said like, not fat, just pregnant. One, two, three, four. And like, Role or you didn't even like address it?
1: Well, I when I first started showing, I had like a couple like I had tank tops that like one had like a, a floating baby with a guitar. Oh, and then like nice. I wore shirts that would say like like I, I had one that said like future queen when I knew she was gonna be a girl. Like, you know, I like I, I had shirts that would say in case people were like, I don't know, is she is she but honestly the the places that I played in, I have such a close I mean, even though it's East Coast from Vermont to Key West, it's still a close-knit community where I mean, everybody knew. everybody already knew anyway. And anyone who was in there who didn't know, all they had to do was you know, overhear a bartender or talk to you gotcha. know like it would. And then, you know, for those places that I played that i I wasn't like well known in, I would make sure I wore like a like a cute shirt, like a cute maternity shirt or something like that. But I never said like I guess later when I started getting bigger, I would like crack jokes. But in the beginning, when I was kind of showing, but you couldn't tell if I was just like getting heavier or had a bump, like I definitely wore like maternity clothes that said like mom to be or like best mom rocker or something like that. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of dope.
1: I had people like making clothes for me, which was really cute. I had people like fans were making stuff for me, and I always made sure I wore them on stage.
0: Oh, no way. That's that actually is pretty fucking dope.
1: Yeah, it was cute. Except until I had to be like, "Hey, can you can you make them bigger?" Because I'm, I'm not 120 pounds anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, and doesn't it just make you want to have another one so you can go through the whole experience again?
1: I always thought I would. <laughs> I always thought I would, and I'm always like, "Man, I really and I just didn't." And now I'm 44. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Now it's like I'm over. Like while my daughter was still in diapers, I was like, "I I want 10 more." I'm going to have 10 more. And then, you know, and then when she started school, I was home by myself, like, oh my God, what do I even do with my day? Like, there's no children here. Like, what do I do? And so I was like, I should have had another one. I'm going to have another one. But at the time, like, when she started school, I was single. I don't know. I always thought I would have more, but I didn't. But then I moved in with my fiance, and he has a son. So it's kind of like I have a son now, but. I didn't have to be pregnant or change his diapers, so that was cool. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Best of both worlds. It's like the grandparent that gets them for the sleepover. You know, they don't have to do yeah. so much of the shit. What's it? Yeah, how does that working out for you guys? If you're both in the same band, having kids and that have lives.
1: So his, um, my fiance's mom, takes the boy takes his son on the weekends and my mom takes my daughter on the weekends.
2: Oh, um, okay.
1: And then a weekend she's at her dad, she's with her dad. So I only pretty much work weekends anymore. I used to do a lot of during the, during the day, acoustic stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, during the week, acoustic stuff. Um, and when I, ironically, when I lived alone, when it was just my daughter and me in the same house and I lived alone, I could take all the work I wanted throughout the week because my daughter would stay at my mom's. And wherever I was that night before I would stay at my mom's house. I'd go, I'd go home to my parents' house, Got sleep you. there, get her up for school in the morning and take her to school. And then I'd sleep all day and then I'd go get her from school. Life and of that a worked. rock
0: star, baby.
1: Woo! Yeah. that worked <laughs> wonderfully. But then when I moved in with my fiance, um, I couldn't, so he doesn't do stuff during the week. He only is in the band. He doesn't do like the solo stuff. So he's here. And so I would still send my daughter to my mom's or her dad's um, and still do this at school. But I, but now I have the other one to get up for, for at school in the morning. So if I'm going to sleep here, he's getting up for school. So I had to stop doing stuff during the week because it just didn't make sense with the kids here at the house. Um, And it didn't make sense for me to send my daughter to my mom's when My fiance is here with his son anyway. You know what I mean? So it just Mm -hmm. just didn't work out. So I stopped doing like solo acoustic stuff during the weekend. I basically just um, was been doing weekends.
2: It's such an uh, odd logistical.
1: It was easier easier when it was just me and her than it is when it's all, all four of us living together. Right.
0: And are they rockstar kids? Are they super into music since their parents are so musical or
1: did they go the other way? You would think, right? You would think. Um, no, nah, I mean, they, they like listening to music. They definitely like singing along. Uh, my daughter will get on with me when I go online, when I do like an online streaming show, my daughter will get on with me and she'll sing a couple songs. Um, but neither of them are interested in the point where I've been able to actually teach them. It's funny. You should ask. I play guitar. I've been playing guitar for a very long time. I just, in the last few weeks started teaching myself to play left-handed guitar oh. because <clears throat> my daughter's left-handed and she wants to learn to play the guitar. So I was finding it hard to teach her while I was holding a right-handed guitar. She was getting confused. So I said, you know what? I got to. I just got to. I got to get you a left-handed guitar and I got to learn how to play it. So that's what I did. I bought her a left-handed guitar and I've been teaching myself to play it. That's what I've been doing with my quarantine time <laughs> is learning to play guitar with the opposite hand. Um, and I'm growing some nice calluses on my, other finger on my on my right hand which feels very weird but it's i'm getting there i'm getting better at it oh uh,
0: so how exci- how excited are you that she has musical interests or you don't really care
1: well i know i totally care i was i've been teaching her to play piano since she was in utero i would sit with my belly up against the <laughs> piano and i would play a chord and i'd say this is the a minor this is an a this is the C scale. This is the C major scale. This is what the circle of fits mean. Like I was teaching her to play piano since before she was born. And I thought I was going to have this virtuoso child. Savant. And, yeah. And by the time I was three years old, I could sit down at the piano and play any song. Like if you just hummed a song, I would just tink, 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 figure it out. And then I'd play it. So, and nobody taught me. I just did it. So I said, oh God, my child is going to be like this incredible, like prodigy. Uh no, she's not. She didn't have any interest in playing ever. She didn't actually even start like actually playing like a song until she was like six. I said, I think six six years old. I wrote it on my calendar the day she did it. I actually have <laughs> a video. I have a video of it too. I wrote it on my calendar. I was like, AJ's got the music, <laughs> but uh, no, she's not that. She. She'll sit down and, and, and figure stuff out on the piano by ear, but she's not like, I've, I've and in, in her defense, I've never like given her formal lessons and I've never like really sat with her because I don't want to push it to the point where she's not interested anymore. But she right. seems like she's showing some like valid interest like in the guitar. And she's like curious about chords and wants to know why this one and wants to know why it sounds like this on a piano, but it sounds like this on a guitar. And so I was trying to show her some things on guitar and like I said, we were getting kind of far with it. And I realized, wait a minute, though. This is going to be different for you because you're left-handed. So I gave her the choice. I said, do you want to learn right-handed guitar as a left-handed person? Or do you want to learn left-handed guitar? And she's like, I want to learn left-handed guitar. She's like, it's way cooler. And I was like, yes, it totally is. I'm buying you a left-handed guitar. So I did that. Now I'm teaching myself to play it.
0: <laughs> Just to be different. Dude, I love it. Good for her.
1: And if she never, you know takes it up. Hey, now I can play guitars. I can play a guitar with either hand.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. You just get one of those sweet little like circle in the center and the fucking, um, chords are going in both directions. Right. So yeah. <laughs> you're just switching that shit up. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> Does, um, do you take her to shows at this point now? Like she's 10. Are you, or do you think like, Jesus, if I bring my kid around here, all they're going to want to do is grow up to be like in a bar jamming.
1: Yeah, I don't, I so she's been to a few shows. She, most of the time when she comes to shows, it's the benefit shows where I'm only on stage for a very short amount of time and it's daytime and there are other children there or it's gotcha. outdoors, stuff like that. I don't, I don't ever, ever take her into like my bar shows. It just, it's first of all, it's too late at night. She's not allowed to be in there. Um, but secondly, like you said, well, if
0: it's the family business and she's an employee legally, she would have the right, but go ahead.
1: Uh, Good point. I never thought of that. Well, I don't, I just don't want her in, the, some <laughs> of this are in there. Like I, when she was, mm, I'm going to say three or four years old, I play this little outdoor place. It's a restaurant in Seattle city. I play, I play there every Monday. This will be my 20th summer. Um, I play there every Monday and I brought her with me a few times and people would walk up to her and they'd be like, Oh my God, AJ, like, I love that dance you did the other day and your blue dress is so pretty. And she would be like baffled. Like, how do they know? Like, then it's because I posted a video of her on Facebook. You know um, what I mean?
2: Right.
1: Or they, Oh, AJ, you want to see a magic trick or you know, come over. and So she would, she got this thing where she wouldn't um, touch anyone's skin. Like she would like, she had really, really long hair and she would give you a high five through her hair. Like she'd <laughs> cover her hair. or like a fist bump she would like do it through her hair and she would not touch your skin and she would say i don't she'd say them, i don't want to touch your skin so this is how i do it and they're like all right um so one day she said to me mommy and i explained to her like the reason they know your name and the reason they know you know because i post this video of you on facebook and and it's on the computer and so she's like lying in bed one day out of nowhere she like rolls over i thought she was sleeping she rolled over wide awake she goes mommy i go yeah she goes I don't like that everyone knows my name. So can you take my picture and my name off of all of your computers at work? <sighs> and, I, oh my God, I'm the worst parent ever. I was, I had like an existential breakdown. Like, how could this be the way I parent? Like, I can't, you know. So, cause it had never occurred to me that that would be weird for her. Right. But realize like everywhere she goes, everyone knows her name. Everyone, know, you know what I mean? Like. You know, and I'm like, oh my god! It never occurred to me that like I'm like betraying her privacy by like posting pictures of her and telling cute stories about her online, you know?
0: Which you just did for 20 minutes. Sorry, Aj. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Again. Uh, she's no now. Oh God, Sean! Now she's like, did you get that? She's. What do it. you mean you didn't get that? Let's do it over again. Get it. Post it. Oh my so, God. Yeah. So. You fine can, with it.
0: That's no. awesome. And it's funny because I'm like learning social media, but that. That would be actually in my head. I'm like, so I'm gonna tag you in it and not tag her just to get her upset that she's not tagged, even though she was 20 <laughs> minutes of it.
1: <laughs> no, she doesn't have a tag. She doesn't have any of her own. She doesn't have <laughs> her own profiles anywhere. So, uh, she's only nine, but she, but she, uh, yeah. So when she said that to me, I had like this revelation, and I made it a point, like I never brought her to another show again. Like maybe once in a while, just like. My mom would meet me there and grab her and take her, you know, before we went on. But like after that, I just never. And like ever she was at a show, at a show, it wasn't like I was on stage and she was just like running free in the in the crowd. Like it was always like I had a parent there or one of my sisters there or you know I always had somebody there to hang with her while I was playing. But um, honestly, she got she lost interest in it. She's just like over it. She didn't really want to be there anymore anyway. Now like fiance on the other hand would bring his son. His son was at like every gig ever. I oh, know like, they. Played in uh, Wildwood a lot, like down the shore, and it was a lot of like day gigs. I mean, like, that kid was at every show ever, always nice. And he was all about it, like loved it, you know. And like, loved like if people came up, like, hey, and, like he loved everyone that everyone knew him. Like, AJ was not that into it,
0: yeah. Man, the existential <laughs> crisis that's so true because you're just like mom bragging, and then you're like, oh my god, all this mom bragging, it actually makes in my kid's eyes, I'm like, bad. yeah, exactly. Man, yeah.
2: Exactly.
1: I was like, no, <laughs> no, I'm supposed to be a good mom. I didn't <laughs> think of this. She was um a baby. She was about a year old. And I used to do this thing where if I had to leave the room, I'd count to 21 and then check on her. And so I left her room. I counted to 21 and I checked on her. And then I was like doing laundry. I left the room. I counted to 21. And I'm like, I kept going in there and looking at her and she was just sitting there. And I'm like, you know, she's, it's been 42 seconds and I checked on her once, but she's not making a whole lot of noise. Like she's she's eerily silent. I go in there and I look at her. Now she's in a completely baby proof room, like completely baby proof. So I thought. She had pulled up the rug and had stuffed her mouth full of little bits of the, the foam, like the foam <laughs> under, yeah, the 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 padding. under the rug. No. <laughs> she ripped the padding apart and she stuffed her whole mouth full of this foam padding. Oh, shit. So I'm like, oh my! I look at her. I'm like, she's got something in her mouth, and she opens her mouth. Her whole mouth is full. And I'm like, oh my god! I pick her up, like turn her upside down. She spits it all out. I'm like, what is? Did you swallow any of that? What is wrong with you? Like, what? She was in a room with nothing but a rug. Some of her toys that were bigger than her head, so she had no like no chance of choking. And I was gone for 21 seconds at a time, and she almost choked. So at that point, I was like. Yeah. I, no, no mom knows what they're doing. Like, this is awful. I'm terrible <laughs> at this. Any mom who says they know what they're doing is lying. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, so yeah. So I had a lot of existential crises when I was, uh, when I was a new mom, I still have them every day, but they're less important now. She's nine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Until so the social aspect of it comes in, man, like it's, it's funny, the different things that you worry about, and then you don't realize what you're going to be worrying about as your kid, because there's different stages right. in life, you know?
1: Yeah, you you think you have a handle on it, and then something that had never even occurred to you just slaps you in the face and says, hey, yeah, you don't know anything.
0: <laughs> What's going to be your um cell phone policy? When does she get a cell phone?
1: So she has a phone because she, does, she did start going back and forth um, and staying with her dad just over the last year. Um, and so because of that, I got her a phone, um, just because she was, she hadn't spent a lot of time overnight with him before that. Um, it was, it was, it's not like she never did. It just wasn't as regular. It wasn't like as on such a regular basis. right So when we, we did like the, the whole, you know, custody, uh, schedule, and so now it turned out she was going to be there on a the, on a much more regular basis and she was a little anxious about it. She was she was mm-hmm. very anxious about it. So we we got the phone so that um I I think it just made her feel better like if she had right. a, a way to connect with me if she if she wanted to. Now th- she doesn't abuse it like when she and I I try not to abuse either like if if she's with her dad that's her dad's time and I don't bother her but she knows that if she needs to she can call me if she wants, you know. But um <clears throat> Uh, taking them. Okay, I'm so sorry, Sean. I just I just was handing a note.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine. I didn't know if it was mid sense, um, and I guess so. It's really not the phone that I I worry about because it's really more like using the phone for the social media and internet stuff, right?
1: Oh yeah, no, none of that's allowed. We just actually went through that with with my my fiance's son. Um, he just lost his phone and his tablet indefinitely because um he was looking up Eminem songs and he knows he wasn't allowed and then when we called him he lied about it um and and he had to write an essay that's my that's my go-to punishment I do I make them write essays um he had to write an essay about why it's important not to lie and when he was in the room supposedly writing his essay um he was on his tablet he told us he was doing research for the essay uh, material (laughs) and uh, search history and he certainly wasn't so he just lost everything he's 10 um he didn't have a he he had a snapchat account and again it was to to be in contact with you know my fiance's mom and like his his grandparents and aunts and uncles and stuff um and some kids from school but i monitored it like i i read it i read everything that came through like i always made sure because you don't know what they're you don't know what they're up to yeah But, uh, but my daughter her phone she just has a phone and that's, that's for when, like I said, when she's with her dad, she watches, uh, videos. She watches like YouTube kids videos on it and stuff, but she knows, um, she doesn't have the, uh, the, uh, what's the app- it? The web browser apps.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. The applications. Cause I will yeah. and Going back to like, what are the crisis going to be like? That's so fucking hard. It's going to be hard for me to understand the pressure of like, the social exclusion. And I, I guess that's like where I fall on it. It's like, you, you want to be able to let your kid hang out. And instead of hanging out in the yard, a lot of times now they hang out on the phone. Right. So like go run around okay. the neighborhood. Okay. That used to be fine. And if you said, go run around the internet with your friends, you'd be like,
1: fuck no. Right. But yeah,
0: that is the neighborhood that kids are fucking hanging out in. And if you're like excluding your kid from that, it's like, you can't go outside and play with your friends. Kind of a right. thing. Yeah. But man, We're- we're going
1: through that right now. We're going through exactly that right now because his punishment was that he lost his tablet and his phone. Well, now he's not, you know, he was on the phone playing Fortnite, you know, all day with these yeah. kids and now he's not doing that. Now he lost his Xbox too, so he wouldn't be playing Fortnite. But, you know, he lost talking to the talking to his friends and it's and they can't go outside and play right now because it's like not legal or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> corner. so he goes outside in the yard and plays with his with my fr- with my sister i mean my with my daughter, and at least they have each other, but yeah, he's cut off from his friends right now because he lost all of his uh devices
0: is that so it's, is it hard for you to be that even though you're the super cool international superstar rock mom
1: <laughs> It's really hard as a matter of fact yesterday um yesterday he well he's like I said he was grounded for lying. And we were kind of taking the, I don't want to say we were shunning him, but we, we were just like very short with him. Right. Like when he came, guess what I did? Yeah. You know what? That's a great story, but listen, we're still really upset with the way you treated us and I'm not ready to hear your story right now. So, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm ready to, to, to hear it, you know, when I'm, when, when I believe the words that come out of your mouth, you know, we can talk, but right now, it's too fresh. Like you hurt me. Cause he just, this all went down on Saturday. Oh. And, uh, and yeah, we found out he was lying about so much stuff. It's, it's heartbreaking. Cause you think like they don't have the guile. Like you think they're not, you think they're guileless. Like they don't.
0: Oh, they're fucking ruthless. They're no, ruthless. They, you they're think ruthless. That they have... Gremlins. Yeah.
1: You're like, they won't, they won't lie to me. Like he, he wouldn't lie to me. Mm. Uh, mm. yeah. yeah like, every chance he gets pretty much every time his mouth is open, he's lying. Mm. I think so, it's,
0: it's probably worse with boys, Boy, for some reason, fucking guys just trying to get over when they're little kids, man. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. If it's like if it's like a game to them or what, or they get so worried about it, whatever it is like being taken away or they like the control, but they're fucking believe yeah. girls don't believe guys.
1: As far as I know, my daughter hasn't lied to me yet. As far as I know, now I'm sure I'm wrong or I'm sure if I'm not wrong right now, I will be soon. But she still thinks that if I look right into her eyes, I can tell what she's thinking. So now she goes, "Mom, I'm telling the truth," and she'll look right in my eyes, and that's mm-hmm. how I know, like, okay, she's not lying, you know. But the second her eyes get a little shifty, I, I'm going to know she's bullshitting me. But this is all really fresh with him, and uh, so we just, we just took away like all that stuff. And but you're right, like the so the oh, this is the point I was getting at the other day. He came down the stairs, and he was just testing to see how we were going to treat him, you know, he was like, Oh, guess what? Like I found, I found a toothpick on the stairs and I I didn't know what you wanted me to do with it. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I "I obviously want you to put it in the trash. I don't think that we're in the business of saving toothpicks, but I think that you probably could have come to that conclusion uh, pretty quickly. But I also think that you're just fishing to see if we're going to talk to you today. And we're not, I'm not in the mood to talk to you yet. Like I love you, you know, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to get through this, but you heard us, you heard us a lot and we're not ready to pal around with you right now. So, you know, you can sit here and hang out, but you know, I don't want to hear your stories and cause I don't know if you're lying or not. And there's only one day of that, literally one day. And <laughs> by the end of the day, like the third, the third like shunning opportunity I had, he left the room and I like burst into tears and my daughter was like, mommy, okay. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And like, I didn't want him to see me cry because I don't want him to know that like, it like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, like,
0: yeah. Cause well, you got to help them understand the severity of it and cognitively they can't. So they have to feel that severity.
1: Well, he had exactly. So I had yeah. him write a 150 word essay on why lying was bad. And his whole essay was because I lose my phone and because I can't talk to my yeah. friends and because play Fortnite and I'm like, no, it's because you hurt people yeah, yeah, and right. people that you lie to who aren't your parents, pretty much anyone else in the world you lie to who aren't your parents are gonna leave. They're not gonna want to be around you. You're gonna lose them. And I want him to know that. And it's it's hard because you gotta be a hard ass and I don't want to be a hard ass. So mm. I'm gonna cry right now. <laughs> I don't wanna be a, you're like I don't want to be a hard ass. I want to hug him and tell him I love him and sometimes I lie too and I understand. Like, he doesn't need that right now. He doesn't need to hear that. He needs to hear later, after all this is said and done, after he feels his punishment, later, all that stuff can be said. And I will say it. But right now, like, he needs to feel that what he did is, like, major consequences. And it's hard, because I don't want to be like that.
2: Yeah, right, especially.
1: It's not fair for me not to be. It's your
0: job, damn it. (laughs)
1: it's true if i don't stick to my guns with this i rob him of the opportunity to work these things out in his head and create those paths where he can say home maybe you know what it's worse than maybe i didn't just it's maybe i shouldn't lie not because i I lost my phone but maybe because i hurt my mom you know Yeah, yeah like he he needs to he needs to get there well, and especially
0: for boys, dude. Like, boys could give a fuck less about relationships when they're young. They're so, so much more self centered.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. Like, like, I know this shit would have broken my daughter by
0: now. Oh, dude.
1: She'd be broke. Yes. She'd be broke. But he's like, oh, cool. Okay. You think I'm going to get my phone back in time soon? And yeah, we're like, no, no, no.
0: dude. Dude, <laughs> dude, they're fucking it, it, little boys. And I, I love making stupid analogies. So, like, I don't know. If anybody fucking listens, like, I'm not saying they're animals, but they so remind me. We have a dog and as soon as I grab a fucking treat that dog knows exactly how to act. Like fucking like tail down you can you can just sense the excitement. She wants to jump all fucking over you and she like eyes will not leave that treat, man. You move your hand around like that's where the eyes go and they know exactly what's needed from them. You take that treat away and the dog fucking just acts like a dog wants to basically.
1: Yeah, you're so right.
0: And little boys are so fucking like that, man. It's amazing what whatever that fixation is they will get in lock fucking step for that thing. And like, if it's yeah. not there, then they like almost forget how to act. And you're like, man, I just fucking trained you, dude. I just raised you right. What are you doing?
1: God, you're so totally right. That's, I, that is so on point. It, like, I feel like, I'm like, do you live in this house? Have you had a camera on us? Because that's, he, his, his one chore, he's got a chore. His one chore is to feed the cats. And that entails like keeping their area clean and sweeping up the dry food and washing the bowls after the wet food. This motherfucker can't get that task down to save his life. He never gets it right one time in a row ever. Like two times in a row, never gets it right ever. He has to do it three times a day. Eat some wet food in the morning, clean their bowls, wet food in the afternoon, clean their bowls, dry food at night, right? It's all he has to do. That's his only chore.
3: Follow the never, fucking
0: flow chart. Never get it right.
1: Never. Guess what? He got punishment. He got punished. He lost his capital. Guess who did the most perfect, pristine job you ever saw? Like, you would think a professional came in and fed our cats no. and <laughs> cleaned up after them. Like I'm like, how? and I said to him, I go, how come when you know you're on thin ice, and when you know you're in trouble, because it don't you mean, don't mean shit.
0: It don't mean shit,
1: right? The, hip, yeah, the hippocampus,
0: yeah. it don't mean shit to my hippocampus.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're so right. Meanwhile, my daughter, I go, oh, dishwasher isn't emptied yet. I thought you loved me, Shoot. and then and then. It, that is emptied in five seconds. No doubt. You
2: know, like, you know. Yeah.
0: Here's here's the other funny part that you don't know. He didn't actually do it. He just paid your daughter to do it for him.
1: <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Dude. Uh, and and you know the second he gets in trouble, the second he's he gets laid into, he immediately just glowers at her and anything she says, he snaps at her. And I'm like, do not take this out on your sister because one day. Very, very soon. She is going to be the only person in this house who's on your side. Yeah, so so true. be nice to her because yeah. you're going to need her. And that's what he's finding right now. Like he's, like I said, that one, the one yesterday we were shunning him. <laughs> we were calling it. Do you watch The Office? Yeah. So Drew, Drew, Drew Dwight, Drew, shun Shunned,
0: unshunned, shun. Unshun, shun. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so we, we're joking around to kind of like comic kind of like relief for us. Cause it's it's hard to do to a little kid, you know, but I knew that what's what he needed. Not shunning like he didn't exist, but just like, yeah, I just wanted him to know that not everything was okay. That he deeply hurt us and that we, we were reacting to him deeply hurting us. I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. That's what my parents used to do to me along with essays. I'm doing what my parents did because I I'm happy with the way it turned out. So I'm right. doing it like they, did, you know?
0: Yeah. You get, that's another office thing when Jim got dad of the year and parenting all about making your own compass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right.
0: For his Dundee, so, you know. He's like I really didn't expect it. Um I just got to say, you know, I kind of just go with my own compass. That's what parenting is. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Yeah, I I I didn't uh I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but it's anyway, whatever. Yeah. So but but yeah, don't you know, you know, my daughter's in there writing him notes, like slipping them under his door. "Hi Aiden, I hope your hand doesn't hurt from writing." And then she <laughs> has a little stuffed animal a raccoon she put her deodorant on it and put it in front of his door and she's like this is to remind you of me (laughs) (laughs) she's so weird and he's like okay thank you like i don't like wanna okay thank you i don't know what yeah it's just so
0: (laughs) odd to a boy like all this emotional shit
1: to her, it was like the most heartfelt thing she could think of to do, and to yes. him, he was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I just want my iPad back, you
0: know." <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> the note, the note back should be like, "Do you think the iPad would slide under the door? Go get it for me." <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: man, Jesus, dude. So her.
0: this is what I love about these podcasts. You talk to someone who's like, um, who in like idealistically, without knowing you, is like, "Oh man, you're in a band, rock stories." And then you get to just like the most random ass parenting conversations after going through (laughs) like relationships, bisexuality and all that shit, man. Like the fucking zigzag patterns of these things are so fucking funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope I'm not boring you or anybody. I'm I'm yawning myself. I'm boring my own self.
0: (laughs) Whatever. Dude, I think sometimes it's interesting. So again, like if you just went with it. You would think like, oh man, I really like love watching this person perform. And then you're like, maybe it's like, wow, they actually do deal with a lot of the same shit that I deal with. There's a ton of fucking parents, ton of moms out there that are dealing with the same shit with their kids in their age. And it'd be like, I don't know. Like it, I wonder what people think when they hear not an icon, because even though you're international I don't know if you're <laughs> iconic, but like that is kind of interesting insight for someone to like hear. Oh shit, she does parent that way. I'm I'm not the only one who parents like that, right?
1: Right. Or oh shit, she's a terrible parent. I'm never going to see her shows again. Now
0: they're protesting. protesting. What, what's what's the parent group that they're gonna fucking have like zippers on their mouth or like they're gonna have shun <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> And when you start playing, they're just going to turn their back to you.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Can we please? So anybody in your fan club that listens to this, the next show she gets on, can first time she grabs the mic, can you all just turn around (laughs) and give her your back?
1: Bad mom. Well, I worry like I so I'm a I I teach music at um That's I teach a- music part time at the school my kids go to, and um I used to never ever mind my mouth. I never I said whatever I said and it was whatever. But now I'm like, man, um, I don't I don't ever want to like the school because I didn't have a job. I didn't, I wasn't representing anyone but myself,
2: you know. Right. Yeah,
1: But now I work work for the school. It's only part-time. It's two days a week. And I mean, I don't even know if I do it anymore because of COVID-19. So who knows if it's even my job anymore. But basically from September until lockdown, um, and I took like a month off in December because I like blew out a vocal cord. So it's, you know, but I still technically work for the school and it is a Catholic school. So I'm always like, man, I wonder if some shit I say is going to get me like in trouble with the school or stuff. But it's like, man, I mean, I'm not... Say anything bad or mean or wrong, and if if they don't like it, then they have the choice to just let me go. You know,
2: right?
0: Yeah, I don't. I've I've always wondered about that too, um, and it's part of why I like I try not to edit a bunch of the shit. Maybe I shit unless someone asks me to edit things, but I feel like the the judgment it. It's two things for my part. One, you can get like kind of comfortable, like 30, 40, 50 minutes in where you get this trust and like people I feel can sometimes forget like shit is getting recorded. Right. (laughs) And you kind of worry, like, I don't ever want to fucking set someone up. But at the same time, you want to ask questions about shit that they've gone through in their life and you want them to be honest. And it would be really fucked up, man, to be like, oh, wow, you are open, honest yourself and you're fired. Like that would be odd to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it could happen, but right. I, I'm of that I, I've never, um, I've never censored what I say because I know that I, I know that I would never say something like outwardly offensive or damaging. Yeah. Like, so I, I've never censored what I say. Now, if, if other people want to look into what I say and take it their way, and then I deal with the consequences of that, well then I mean, that's what happens. I mean, what am I going to do? I can't control everybody. I can't control the way they think or the way they feel. Right. So, um, you know, I, I'm i always honest. I say what I say. I say what I think. I, I don't have any, um. I don't have any like big, deep secrets, you know, right. because I've always been of that mindset where if you've got a big secret or something that you're hiding, like someone can take you down with that. Mm. But if you've got nothing to hide, like someone goes, oh, guess what? I know. I know you like spaghettis, but you don't like spaghetti sauce. And I'll be like, oh, God, my secret's ruined. I'm done. And
0: my spaghetti sauce sponsorship is gone.
1: Right. But I'll be like, yeah, everybody knows I like spaghetti and they know I like spaghetti sauce. And sometimes I say spaghettis with an S. Sometimes I type it like that and everybody knows it. And uh, if you don't like it, don't listen to me talk. And go, <laughs> no. and
2: go
0: fuck yourself with a dry noodle, Bob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't. No, now Sean said that. I didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what they don't know is you actually secretly texted me to say that at just the right time with the appropriate <laughs> comedic humor and tone.
1: I wish I were that <laughs> quick witted and clever, but yeah. I am not.
0: No, I, 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 I love playing out stupid, overreactionary scenarios in my head. I don't know why. I just love like fake, fake fury, mocking. It's almost like satire of fake fury sometimes is what I do.
2: It's it's funny. You're very funny.
0: Right. Well, well, now that you gave me a compliment, I know it's time to end the show, so I don't screw that up. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I do to end the shows.
2: Okay.
0: Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile.
2: Best first.
1: Wait, say that again. You confused me.
0: No, no, no. Trust your gut. Just what I is it? it you your
1: best for last or best first for last?
2: Best first for last.
1: Best first or last.
2: Uh, I don't know. Oh. I'm
0: failing at this. No, you're I not don't. failing. It's it's way clever, cleverer in my head. It's actually pretty simple. You know, like you have your best first or you say I saved the best for last. So it's yeah. a getting to know you pod. So what's one of your first experiences that you haven't shared? That's just a cool fucking story that people can know about you.
1: Oh, best first for, oh God, I'm so dumb. I'm sorry. It was
0: right there. It was right there for you the whole time. <laughs>
2: That's first for last. Oh. Um. The first time I
1: wrote a song that made me cry.
2: Oh. My own.
1: My own song. I, uh, I wrote a song. My, the record that I told you that I put out that I didn't mean to put out, but like kind of got put out, um, was largely about. A lot of it was about losing my, I lost, I lost my cousin. He was 21 and he died of a heroin overdose. And a lot of the, a lot of the songs on there kind of were inspired by that whole experience because it was obviously I was deeply affected by it. Um, and my grandma, a lot of people, everybody, he writes sad songs. He writes the record companies that were, that I was getting shot by, were the, the record companies that were coming out to see me. I was selling out shows on Bleecker street and in, in, um, at the bitter end in Long and in, in New York. And everybody said, Oh, your, your songs are just, they're just so sad. And this was before Adele and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. They're just, I don't know. They're sad. I guess they just, I'm not a sad person, but they're, they're sad songs. And my grandma said to me, are you okay? I said, why she said, I listened to some of the songs you wrote and they just sound so sad. And I was like, well, they're sad because like those are my feelings and I got them out and I don't you know, I'm sorry if my songs are sad, but if you don't like them, don't listen to them. I'm like, this is like for me. So I wrote a song based on that called This Is Mine. And the lyrics in it are quite trite, but it's on purpose because I'm sort of making fun of like songs that sell as opposed to songs that come from the heart. And when I'm writing it and I wrote the lyrics and I played it for the first time, like I couldn't get through it. Because at the end, I just was crying. And so for a long time, I couldn't play it live because I couldn't get through it without crying. Um, but now I do. And now I get through it every time. But yeah, the first time I ever, I had written a lot of songs before that. But the first time I wrote a song that actually made me cry, I was like, this is how you write songs. So if now, when I write, if it doesn't make me cry, I'm kind of like, eh, this might not be the best song ever. <laughs>
0: you know? How does it, or what's the buildup because i mean it's not like you say the first word and you're in tears right like the shit builds up like crescendo's almost right into tears
1: so- yeah well there's a line in it that says um and if it makes and if it makes you cry at least i know it's real and then at the very end i'm like i don't believe for you my voice is black and blue and that part made me cry because when i said that part it made me cry because i you know i sing sometimes six nights a week, sometimes seven nights a week all year round, you know, anywhere from three to five hour shows. Sometimes I play a four hour straight show with no break. And I, I do this to my voice. I sing like this and it's so physically taxing twice. I've, I've uh, ruptured a vocal cord twice. Mm. Um, I'd like, I, I blew, I had an ear infection where, because I was burning the candle at both ends and I, I lost my hearing for two months. Like, I've like sustained physical injuries and hardships because of what I do to my body. Um, and it has nothing new with drinking or drugs because I'm just not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just the, the just how physically taxing it can be. Like, you know, I'm, I'm singing sometimes from 10 in the morning till midnight and I'm getting up at eight in the morning and I, I had two hours of sleep and I'm now I'm driving from, vermont and i'm on my way to long island new york and you know it's just and these people who have you know made it quote unquote the famous people that go on tour like they might live like that for you know a couple months out of the year but Mm -hmm. they don't do it all year round for 25 years you know so the the line that i wrote in the rest of my voice is black and blue made me cry because i was like i i give everything to this like i don't even my voice has changed. Like, I don't even sing like the way I used to because I've done such, I don't want to say damage. I, but I have definitely done damage right now. I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. I do see a really good ENT and a vocal therapist, but, um, I've damaged my voice. Like my voice is black and blue for you. Mm. You know, like I do, this. I sing, I sing for you, my day job, all these covers, these are for you, but this is mine. This stuff that I write, this is mine. This isn't for you. So if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. You have to listen to the covers because you paid a cover charge for it. And I'll play whatever <laughs> you want. And I have to play everything you say because that's my job. And I like it. I'm not, like, bitching about it. Like, I want to. I want to do my job, and I want to do it well. But this year, this writing, like, this might not be a good song. I don't care. I wrote it for me. I didn't write it for you. This is mine. So that's what that song's about. And it was triggered by my grandma. I asked me why I write sad songs. And it made me cry when I played it. Like, after I wrote the lyrics and I got the core progression all down and I'd been working on it for a while when I first played it for the very first time in its entirety, I couldn't get through it. Cause I cried.
2: That's
0: again, just something you don't think about, but that whole acceptance thing is man, that's fucking, I don't know. It, it's deep. It, it's great insight, honestly, to how, it's so easy to forget that like people fucking care, like people put thought effort, into this thing they're showing you It'd be like going to an artist and being like, why, why is the color so fucked up on this painting?
1: <laughs> like, you want to, you know what? I have another real quick story that I just have to mention real quick. Yeah. I right along the lines of this, I, I, uh, I played a double. I was playing in Atlantic city. I played a double. I played at the beach bar at Bally's all day long. this three hour show. Had a break. We went to the hotel room, got showered, went back out and played the night show in in the nightclub bar at, at Valleys. And so I had been, you know, on my feet for like 12 hours. I'd been singing for like seven hours, six hours. And uh, it was packed, packed house. I mean, like you couldn't even move in there. There's probably 2000 people in there. Maybe I'm not sure how many people can can be in that room. However, many people can be in that room, that's how many there were. If it's a thousand, if it's three thousand, I'm not sure. But it's Bally's Wild Wild West. It was, it was a packed room. And the very end of the night, our very last song, the crowd's going, one more song, one more song. And I was like, dude, I'm dying. I've been singing all day. Like, I'm out of songs. Like mm. if you really want one more song, I'm playing you one of mine. And if you don't like it, that's that's where the door is. But I'm done. Like, my job is done. Like, I'm working overtime now. So I'm going to play mine. So I played that song. I played that. This is mine. Ooh. And not only did, like, nobody leave, but everybody stayed there. And they were, like, swaying. And they sang along. Like, they didn't sing along. But, like, at the end, they were, like, che- like
0: yeah.
1: you can see they were trying to sing along. <laughs> see, right? They definitely know it. But at the end, they, like, cheered. And the DJ was, like, the DJ at the time, Aiden Scott, he was, like, Dude, he's like, to keep a room on a solo acoustic original song like this. He's like, that took some balls. This woman's incredible. She is some other, I don't know whatever else he said, but it was like amazing. But I got it actually on video. I have video of me doing it in front of the crowd and I have video of him saying that. And like, I'll never, like, I'm so glad I got that moment on video because I, listen, I do, I'll do an original song at the end of shows all the time. Like, it's not like I never do that. I do that all the time. But it's usually one that people requested, which is like "Cheers." One of the ones that like everybody knows that I, that that's mine, um, which in of itself is wonderful. Like I'm, I appreciate that people know my stuff, but like I played like a not a new, but I played like an unknown one, and mm-hmm. it was super slow after we just ended with "Zombie" and this crazy rock like, you know. So I'll never forget that moment. That was that was a really cool moment too. But it was it also ties in with that same exact song there.
0: Yeah. Right. And it fucking. Proves that when you do pour your heart like that, that un unquantifiable connection, like that feel, that vibe, just fucking it's what makes it's what makes humans human, man. Makes fucking life worth living. Um, yeah, that is awesome. That fucking
1: yeah. Now I miss it. Now I want to get on a stage right now. I was enjoying this break, but now I'm like, all right, I talked to Sean, and I need to go get on the stage.
0: (laughs) Right. And hey, next time that there's an encore chant, can we please get it to be "You're a bad mom, you're a bad mom." (laughs)
1: it it always starts out as that i gotta turn it around
0: and then and then then it gets to the encore
1: your hair is cool your hair is cool and then they start that so that's (laughs)
0: laura and i introduced you at first as fucking laura instead of laura lee dude i thought it was um I should have asked. That's bad fucking hosting on my part, man. I didn't oh, that's know.
1: Okay. A lot of people call me Laura. Like my, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm known as Laura Lee, like uh, throughout my, like on the scene in my career, but like. Internationally. people In my international career, I'm known as Laura Lee. I um, <laughs> actually, I mean, I have sung in Jamaica and Mexico, so I technically am international.
0: Fucking knew but, it. Um, fucking knew
1: it. Told you. <laughs> but, um, no, no, I, I'm no, people call me Laura. Like, I, like, my family calls me Lara. My fiance calls me Laura. You know, I am Laura. Gotcha. I'm just like okay. my my name. My name, I mean, Laura Lee is actually my name. It's not like a stage name. Gotcha.
0: I just know but, um, you You really big deal artists are super sensitive to how you're addressed. And I wanted to formally apologize.
1: Well, don't let it happen again. See um, I mean,
0: Sean. <laughs> scene. Dude, you know, I have fucking convinced. This is how twisted I am. I will convince motherfuckers. I'm like, Sean? No, no, no. My name's Seen. Scene scene <laughs> just to go i'm like sound it out when two vowels are together which one does the talking which one does the walking and they're
1: like see, you would have caused me a panic attack if you pulled that on me because i would have believed it and then it would have felt like a heel the whole time and then i would have been like oh see don't you can't pull that out on stuff like me because now dude, i get like emotionally
0: yeah it. it I, I have a problem it, it's a total dick move and i don't know why I am like that because I just think it's funny to like kind of mock it because some people do fuck it up. They're like, Sean? No, that's not spelled the right way. So I guess because so many people have been like, you sure that's Sean? We're like, nah, it's just what my mom always said. So like, it's almost like pre-preventative mocking, like empowering on my part to be like, no, 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 seen. I'm seen.
1: <laughs> Preventative. <laughs> it's empowering. I get that. That makes sense.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Well, Laura Lee, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to talk. thank you so much for ignoring your children while you were on the pod.
1: <laughs> they went on a walk with with my fiance, so they're good. i got I got handed a note. so they're okay.
0: right, Mom of the Year, man. Mom of the Year. Thanks, man. It was yeah, well, uh, what
1: what kind of bad mom would I be if I didn't ignore them for a couple hours a day? <laughs> they gotta learn.
0: Self-survival. <laughs> well, dude, it was really great um getting to know you, man. I really do appreciate your time
1: yeah well thank you and uh, i'm i'm surprised that you were interested in having me talk for that long but <laughs> that, fucking... i hope you can use that stuff oh dude
0: the whole fucking thing's getting used man that's the that's the thing getting to know you man like Wee! it's fucking awesome
1: well i love it thank you i appreciate it
0: all right man and
1: uh yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it
0: thanks have a
1: good one can okay I bye scene <laughs>
0: Huge thanks to Laura Lee for taking some time to let us get to know more about her life and experiences, for letting all of us know that it's absolutely fine to occasionally shun your son. AndrePsyche.com, A-N-D-R-E-Y-P-S-Y-C-E.com. Go visit the site, order a book, relax, and read some poetry this weekend. Remember to friend, follow, listen, subscribe, support the pod. We are everywhere that I can figure out how to get onto Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple, Patreon. That's new. It's all one word. Getting to know you, pod. Deuces.